This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. It is Wednesday, March 1st. It's a glorious day outside. It feels like the way March is supposed to feel around this parts, even if it doesn't really look like the way March is about to it should feel around these parts. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. On the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 961 FM. Streaming all over the planet. You know us better as the big X, Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey. It's Wednesday. He's excited. He's got the, uh, I'm assuming, AEW, some garb on. Is that right? Claudio Castanelli. Is this new? Uh, no, I don't think I've worn him. He's the uh, Ring of Honor world champion. I thought I'd seen your whole wardrobe at this point. No, apparently no, not. no, no. I'm, I'm always, m- much like a halftime show at UofL, I'm willing to pull something out on you. Well, <laughs> okay. 302. What a start. I think I just said drop something on you. Yeah, but probably that would have been probably better. That Pull way. something out on me. Just eh, no, no. <laughs> it's been a long day for you though. You, I heard you. I didn't know this was happening. I heard you on KRC this morning. Yeah, uh, TJ actually texted me last night. Uh, Nick apparently uh, knew he was going to be sick. I think he figured it out right after the sales got their big win in the six region tournament. Oh, he did. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking that maybe had something to do with it, but I could be wrong. Uh, so TJ texted me, and I was like, you know what? Why not? Uh, you know. We lose tonight. I can officially go on there anyway and give my uh, conceding speech to uh, to Scoots for the for the bet. So. so that's that's pretty much all I heard. I yeah. was driving because in true Trevor fashion, you were a little bit late. I was 13 minutes late. So I dropped <laughs> I dropped Virginia off at school. I get, when I get back in the car, typically like I drop her off around nine. I'll talk to my mom, talk to some other people. I mean, people still have master P questions, so it's, it's I'm like dragging people out of there. I'm like, I'm like I gotta I gotta go. I got stuff I gotta get done. <laughs> so I didn't get in the car until about. 9, 10, 9, 9, 13-ish. It was like right when I flipped on KRC, you were being brought on. Scoots, uh, uh, TJ was kind of leading into Roush being out and you coming on. And then I heard you basically make your, your, your submission, your concession speech for Scoots. And that was pretty much all I heard. That's how long it took. It was what was a long speech. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I was, I was, I got, got I was down, like, I was like, what I was else like, are talk about? I was like, I'm here on this day, the 1st of March, our Lord, 2023. I'd like to concede Officially to Justin, a.k.a. Scoots, a.k.a. Dingus, a.k.a. the guy that hooked up with the blonde girl in the Indiana video. This is the exact speech I heard. Kalen. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that UofL will not win more games than EMU. I did I did throw on the table, if, if EMU gets them vacated, do I get the money back? They said no. Okay. Um, I wasn't really expecting to get it. I just thought I'd throw it out there for humor reasons. It's like the, the last-ditch appeal in a, in, yeah. in a legal proceeding. Why so, not? Uh, so, yeah. and then um, and EMU these, did lose last night. They did. So technically, you are still alive in this no, bet. You're not. behind by four. If we lose, they lose on Friday. They're going to miss the MAC tournament. We could, you could push your bet if we make it to the ACC championship game. You could win your bet if we win the conference tournament. So technically, you are still alive. And what's the great saying by Tia Carrera? And if a frog had wings, he wouldn't hop his butt when he hops. No. You know, <laughs> hope, is, hope is a good thing. How about that? Hope Come back, quote. Thing, yeah. Response. So my choices are either pay $500 or climb through or roll through five football fields worth of crap. 
I would probably just pay the five. I've already spent four months looking at crap on the, on and off the court, so to speak. I don't want. I don't need to do it again. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to miss these shows when we may have the last one of these a week from today. It will be officially. Well, yeah. well hell, I mean, I think the game times. I think that we play at 4:30, so it may actually be like six days from now. It may be next Tuesday. It, it may be before we even get to the show. But I am so sick of these. Let's talk about it. Shows where you, like we know what we're going to get into. We know we know exactly how this is going to go. We're going to air our grievances from last night. We're going to air our grievances from what Kenny Payne said after the game. We're going to share our thoughts. The text line's going to be enraged. They're going to share their thoughts, and boom, it's three hours done. And look, it, it's what you have to do. This is the the main. We're still in the season. Technically. Technically. But you have to talk about this because it does have an effect on what's going to come next. And I think what comes next is the primary focus of everybody at this point. But you can't just like, – like, we're going to try. Whenever we lose, I'm going to be like, let's never talk about the season again. Let's repress it. Let's forget about it. Let's never discuss it. But it is going to be part of the conversation that we have during the offseason when you talk about confidence with, with Kenny Payne in here too. Because let's say we go out and get a roster that looks very good on paper. We land – the best of the best transfers out there. We get the guys that we want to come back, coming back. We land Dennis Evans. Maybe we bring in somebody else cool that we don't even know about right now. <laughs> and we're looking at this roster, and it looks spectacular. You still just can't gloss over what happened this season because that will be a part of your your conversation when it comes to your confidence level. Like, cool, we have a great roster. We won four games last year. Yeah. That's It's always going to be part of it, or five games, or however we end up finishing this season. No, let's do but <laughs> thank you, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, just grumbling. I love the perfect grumbling. It was a perfect sound for that moment. Uh, so last night, and look, if you listened to the end of yesterday's show, you 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 knew the confidence level that both of us had. I think I went with a 12 point loss. You went with like a 25 point loss. They pretty much came close to splitting the difference last night with they a did. 17 point loss that felt about right. I say that you know they get it down to 50 to 47, and you know. Places going nuts. The crowd, God love them. God bless the U of L fans that were at the KFCM Center last night and that have been there for this entire season because they are so supportive and so vocal and it's so re- refreshing to see and great to see in this dismal season that we can still have fans that are, you know, when they're in the building, that passionate about being supportive and trying to lead the team to a victory. Places going nuts. Virginia Tech calls timeout. And, like, I almost did the, you know, let's go boys tweet or something like that. Like, the, the kind of, like, let's get fired up. We still have a shot to do this thing. And I've done it a few times in recent weeks. And last night I was like, I'm not going to because I know what happens next. There was no part of me, even when we were playing that well, that was like, we're going to come within 10 points of winning this game. They're going to start doing what they do. They're going to make threes. We're going to do what we do. We're going to turn the ball over, miss shots, and just not defend. And we're going to lose by, I assumed, like 10 to 12 points. We won up my expectations and lost by 17. And it it was in five minutes. We went from being down three to down 18. That's how quickly it happened. It was the eight-and-a-half-minute mark. We cut it to to, uh, to three on the J.J. Turner three. We have all the momentum in the world. We're playing at home. It's senior night, for God's sake. And then at the three-and-a-half-minute mark, we trail by 18. And that's the season in a, in a, in a nutshell. And well, not forget, we also put in the, the basically the white flag, which is you know Devin Ree and I know Vaselli played a little bit in the first half, but he came in. Yeah, we rolled with Fabio out of nowhere for like five minutes in the first half. I was like, well, okay. I'm not complaining, but, like, why now? I, wh- why is this happening? Okay, I, I have a small confession to make. Okay. Are, are, are you, I mean, I know I know that you, you being the Catholic, good Catholic, I hope you'll forgive me and, you know, 
just let me wait. Depends on what it is. Hail Marys. We're not consistent on that. Holy Ghost or whatever it is. Uh, so I'm doing the game last night with St. X and Trinity. Your Trinity. Go Rocks. Cam Rocks big, won. Yeah. Big dub. <clears throat> big win for them. Uh, everyone that was supposed to win pretty much win, even though Central gave Ballard all they wanted. Ballard scored two points in the second quarter and 37 in the third quarter. Ballard scored 37 points in the third quarter. I said through a game that the the, third, the second quarter score was 10-4 combined. Well, again, they scored two <laughs> in the second quarter, though. That's one of the craziest stat lines I've ever seen in my entire life. They scored 91. Trinity and Sedex combined for 92. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's any point. So, I'm doing the game, and Spears and Tony Branch doing doing a great job during the game, especially for a team that was getting beat for, for the most part from start to finish. And during the breaks, you know, I like to, you know, I chat up. I can be a little chatty with the uh, the, the play-by-play people. I like to keep them on their toes. This is true. And uh, Whether or not they want it. Well, yeah, they don't have to. Like, I don't care. They can just sit there and listen. They don't have to reply. They don't have to stop me before. And so, but, but Spears is talking, and he's just, for like the whole first half during every break, he's like, I'm telling you, Louisville on the money line, man. Louisville's going to cover tonight. They're going to win straight up. Oh, Spears. And I'm listening to this, and apparently I wasn't the only one because TJ fell for it as well. And TJ, so I'm, after the game, I'm like, you know what? I get done early. It's like 8.35. I'm going to get home for the tip-off. I'm excited. Uh, we got IU flipped over second half. I could have muted you if you give me a signal. Sorry. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do I'm secretly I'm going to do I'm not going to tell anybody I'm doing this until, after, you know, tomorrow or if we, oh, we no. win. So I put money on the game. No. Money line it. No. 200. No. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm gonna do. I feel. I don't know why. I'm you feel- picked us to lose by 25. I'm feeling froggy. Someone's got to be able to know this better than me. You made a $200 money line bet on a team that you had like an hour earlier picked to lose by 25 points. I think. I think it may have been like 29. Whatever it was was a large margin. I feel like this should be like the opening speech in my rehab session. This, yeah, this, <laughs> this kind of requires an intervention. I'm a little bit worried about you after hearing this. So I. I, I <laughs> It would have paid off eleven hundred, by the way. I don't care. I don't care <laughs> if it would have paid off a million dollars. So that said, it, I, I bring this up primarily because, as you're telling the recap of the game in a, a perfect way, that moment, that nine minute eight thirty five eight fifty moment, roughly around that that time, you know, JJ is at three, cut fifty, and you like, and you said, "Oh, I've been here before. I'm not, not me." You got excited. Trevor was getting pumped. Well, you had money on the game. Trevor's getting excited. Trevor's thinking about buying Spears a nice bottle of liquor to say <laughs> thank you. I'm already like already picturing what I'm gonna do, and uh, I just remember the exact thing that went in my. It's, it's funny, as baked as I am at this moment, and it's not now, but then a little bit now, and and then I still remember the exact moment it happened. They called him out. I thought to myself, "Don't just come out looking dead again. Don't fall asleep. Don't don't let this time out kill your momentum and buddy, just go back to buddy. It's month four. I know." <laughs> The same exact thing happened in Saturday's game. Like, somebody screenshotted. Which Saturday? <laughs> the, the Georgia Tech game. Okay, so you can name every Saturday game probably every every day of the year. Somebody I saw, I, saw, I wish I could give them credit, but I saw that they screenshotted the exact moment on the play-by-play, like from the ESPN play-by-play little page, where Pastner called timeout on Saturday when we had made a big run and got it down to two or whatever it was. Yeah. And then they quickly expand the lead to 12, and the game's basically over at that point. And then when Mike Young calls timeout last night, and we've got it down to three, and then in five minutes, it is an 18-point lead. Like, well, we just, like, that's... The worst part was, was that it wasn't even like they came out and punched us right away and knocked sorry, us out. I just glanced at the text line. The very first thing that I see, I, just, I pulled it up for the first time. Trevor, you are an absolute effing idiot. With the word <laughs> spelled out. I don't know what the rest of the message says, but that's the lead in. I can't believe you did that. Oh, I mean, 
the worst part was was that we didn't come out after that timeout with a nine minute mark and like just punch us right, knock us right back out. It was a slow. You would have been like, better off shot in two hundred dollars on Army to win the national title. I mean, they didn't even take it. Took it took them at least another two minutes of game time to get, to get six points and put the lead to nine. It was back to back. I mean, that's what was so. Bad. Well, we finished with fifty four points. We had yeah. forty seven when that time timeout in was called. In six minutes, they outscored us twenty five to five. And I mean, it took them. It took them. I mean, it was just so monotonous the way they were doing it. But too. you're acting surprised. We talked about this on the show yesterday about how they are are an explosive offensive team, and even if it's back and forth for a while there, they will score on us because we cannot defend, nor do we try to defend, and they will try a little bit on defense, and we are a much worse offensive team, and that eventually they'll pull away and they'll win by umpteen points. And for you to have said this, you participated in the conversation. You were an active participant. You left— This can be very convincing. Apparently, I need to work on my game because I thought that we were both on the same page— so much so that like you picked us to lose by twice as much as I did, and then you're the one who winds up wagering two hundred dollars on on us to win money line while I'm sitting there with us down three, and I'm like, nope, I've I've seen this before. I, mean, I know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, clearly last night I was in the right, I was not in the right state of mind. I bet two hundred on Louisville on the money line. I agreed to go on KRC this morning. Obviously, I was I was, I was a poor <laughs> night of Tuesday decisions. It was this one. I was like, dude, I need to go home and park the car right now. You were just revved up on Master P. <laughs> yeah, just, just... It, it had you go. It just put you in a different state of mind for the rest of the week. Those are two terrible decisions. So how was the rest of the, the KRC appearance? What did you talk about? Well, how long were you on? Uh, I, I mean, the whole show. So, Oh, my God. So you're going to be – you're going to like fall asleep by 4.30. No, I, t- I actually, uh, after the show, I was I couldn't go right back to sleep. I did the, did your music, I did the music for today. Uh, <laughs> a nice, interesting theme today. Can't wait. And then um, – uh, then that's kind of like down now. I got to back to sleep around, I think it's about 11. So I took a little, little extra two hour nap. I woke up about one, about one thirty. Okay. So, so you're, you seem well rested. I'm a little refreshed. Yeah. And I, now the problem was this morning though, like I tried to go to, I watched a little play. Ooh, I just saw Tennessee's, is a guy's Eagles down out for the year. The point guard. Yeah. I also Oof. bet Arkansas plus five and a half last night. <sighs> it was not a good day for Trevor. <laughs> yeah. And the one game I actually I, I passed on, but I did like was South, South Carolina getting 15 and a half, and they covered. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah so I, I watched that, and I was like, well, I need to get to sleep. So actually, I try I tried to. I ended up watching a couple of 21 Jump Streets again, but you know, I turned and I turned it off around like 12:30. I'm like, I'm gonna go to sleep. Got sleep apnea mask on. It was one of those moments where I, I know you've been there, where you're laying there, you're trying to get to sleep, and you don't know how long you've been laying there, and the last thing you want to do is look over at the clock or the phone and see what time. Oh yeah. Like, that's just the nightmare thing to do. I did it. 2.45. Mm. I'm laying there for like three hours. Just can't get to sleep. I always... I'm going through... I'm, I'm recycling Final Fours in my head. Like, the, okay, the 72 Final Fours. In, the, in those scenarios, are you a No Country for Old Men guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love No Country for Old Men. I don't trust anybody who's not. I love the book, love the movie. But yeah, but you didn't like the professionals, so your taste is I wonky. don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> but it always reminds me of when he's lying in bed both times... They do the scene twice where he's like he's trying to get some sleep. He's in the middle of like the manhunt. He's always he knows uh, Javier Bardem is, is on his tail and he sits there and he's like staring up the ceiling and just goes, "Ain't no way." And just gets oh, up. Oh, the, like, the, the the money the, the yeah. money tracker. And yeah. that's how I think every every single time I'm in that situation, I, it goes to my mind where I'm like, "There ain't no way." Like I think I actually I used that in the middle of the night when we were on the run in 2012 <laughs> where I would get so excited about games I, and I was working, so I'm like up late anyway and I would try to get some sleep from like 4:30 to 8 a.m. And I would just tweet out like 4 a.m. and just be like, "Ain't no way, like, it just—it's not gonna happen." That's. I always wondered how you didn't think about looking in there for the money tracker before then. Yeah. 
It wasn't a very small one. I think it was like 1985 version. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was just. What, I mean, what? <laughs> I've been somewhat confident, even with even after Saturday, even with the losses, even the you know, the 17 point loss to Duke, all that stuff. I've been somewhat confident about our ability to win that first game in the conference tournament, just because I, I think you see it a lot in the power conference tournaments where the team is the very dead last seed. Sometimes the team that's lost, you know, they're one and 19 or even 0 and 20, 0 and 18. DePaul did this back in the day. They have been circling this week for so long that they come into that game with more motivation than the nine, 10, 11 seed, whoever it may wind up being that has like, you know, six, seven conference wins has had a disappointing year. They kind of felt like maybe they had an outside shot to, to make a run in that large bid back in January that fell apart. And now they've just got zero motivation. Like a lot of times I feel like that, that bottom seed, they play harder in that game and they end up winning and, and then try to get a little bit of motivation after seeing what I saw last night, I no longer have confidence in, in that happening. Maybe we play better on Saturday against a still kind of wounded Virginia team. that's not playing very well, but it was just, it was so bad, and we knew it was going to be. I mean, we left their shooters wide open. The, the only difference, and you and I said this on the, at the end of yesterday's show, our only route to victory is them missing a bunch of wide-open shots because we're going to leave them open. Oh, yeah. And they're a oh, good there, shooting There's team. no one that guards the pick-and-roll worse than we do. And they had a bad no shooting one. night in the first half. Like, they, they had a bunch of wide-open looks and couldn't hit anything, and we did not take – and when we were only going back and forth with them, we couldn't score. It's like 10-8. I'm like, this is this is our window. we got to build, like, a 20-point lead here to have any sort of shot because they're going to start making shots at some point, and we are never going to start guarding them because it's not what we do. And sure enough, it just – it was all so predictable. Well, and that was the worst thing about it was that – in the second half, especially particularly in that run, that six-minute stretch from the nine to three-minute mark when we threw it in the towel with three minutes left. As atrocious a stretch of basketball as we've seen from this team this year, which is saying something. And it's Offensively and defensively, and in this case, rebounding. And that was what I was saying. It, yeah. was, it felt like, you know— it, And it, they're it, tiny. They are yeah. small. Normally when we give these runs, like they do it like, like this, and it's like a shot, like a, a gun to my head, pull the trigger, boom, I'm dead. You know, I didn't mean to rhyme, but hey, I'm a rapper. Master P just rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was like they're going to shoot me in the gut and they make me just sit there and bleed out and watch them just carve me apart like I'm Dexter or some crap. I never watched the show, so I don't know if the analogy works. I that it We've said this. You said that we talked about it before yesterday, and we talked about it in other games. Like, we're not going to we're not gonna be the best defensive team. We've got to hope teams miss good looks. Virginia Tech was missing them. during that, Even during the, the quote-unquote run that, that put us away in that six-minute mark, six-minute play minute mark. They were missing shots, but every time we, it's one thing to be lucky. We have to get lucky to let them miss shots that are open. You can't let them get two and three opportunities. 18 offensive rebounds for the third worst rebounding like, team. In the they, I think they had 28 points on second chance points, 17 of them in the second half. I think all 17 of them were in that six minute run. It, it, it felt oh, like it's, it just, it is just giving up offensive rebounds. If, if anyone is, I mean, I don't know, like, if you ever coach a sport, like there's one thing that like makes you just want to put your head through a, a a glass window and hope to just slice your neck on the way back through. It's the one that you giving up offensive rebounds to me as a coach. I just I just I hate it so much. I said this yesterday during the very quick Virginia Tech preview. Justin Mutz, he's that type of like he's the guy that Kenny Payne talks about his guys wanting. He wants his guys to be. He's not he's had a down year, but he's a dog. He's physical. He's not going to back down. He's he goes after everything. He's going to out tough you. Seven offensive rebounds by himself, 12 rebounds for the game, 13 points, four assists, two blocks. 
You knew the game was over when he hit the open three, right? Yeah, well, I mean. He's not a three-point. He averages like one a game. I know they were like, he shoots 35%. Yeah, because he's, he, he's like 14 of like 40 for the season. I mean. Yeah, I mean, still. like. You know. But And I know you shouldn't leave him wide open, but we're going to leave most people wide open. But when he, that was one of those shots where I'm like, of course, they probably just got the offensive rebound and dunk it anyway. I, I think but, that was off an offensive rebound. Yeah, it might have been. You're probably right. I mean, when he shot it, I'm like, okay, I can give him a shot. And he hits it, I'm like, we're done. Because Basile, that like, made it nine. That made it 56, it did, you're right. 47. And that was still like four minutes in the game action. Basile, who's like the the softest 6'9 dude in the world, like he wants to play on the perimeter. He had yeah. four offensive rebounds. Um, a guy off the bench who I don't even know who had played seven minutes had Kid. four offensive rebounds. Um, Kid had one offensive oh, rebound. I, when I heard his name, I looked to see if he was related to Jason. He's not. <laughs> no. I was curious. You never know. I mean, how many KIDDs kids do you see? I mean, I mean, they shot. They they ended up shooting a decent percentage from three. They still shot below their average, ten of twenty nine from three. They shot thirty seven point five percent from the field, which is a, a tr- that's a ridiculous percentage to shoot overall but in, how many, in a want, game that you win by seventeen points. And I wonder how many of those ten three pointers were second chance threes. Yeah, it feels like six or seven. I mean, at least at least had to be. And none of them were defended. I know that uh, we were two of fourteen wow. from three. I mean, I'm a given up expecting to defend the outside. Like I said, I've never seen a team guard the pick and run, which is not, which shouldn't be bad if you know every team in in every level of basketball runs pick and roll. I mean, it's just the most common thing used in every game by every team across the world at yeah. any level from from eight, from pee wee to to pros, and we just we we have no idea how to guard it. We don't. Um, just clueless. Even when we do guard it somewhat right, we don't switch. Cra- I mean. Well, the weird thing is, like, uh, the, you know, there's no one right way to guard to, to guard a high ball screen, but my pick and my big concern, and I I had this spiel yesterday. I feel like I'm just repeating the entire last segment of yesterday's show, is that we don't seem to have any instruction. You know, some teams will switch everything. Yeah. Some teams will hard hedge. Some teams will ice ball screens. Some teams will, you know, there there Double are there are a it. variety of different ways to defend a high ball screen, and like you said. We're now in a time where 80% of teams are running this offense. You're going to see it in conference play consistently in a league like the ACC. And we don't do it. Like I don't think the team knows what they're supposed to do. It's like we're just guessing on every single and hoping that things go right. Like sometimes LLS will try to fight over the screen. Sometimes he just lags down and hopes that he's guarding a guy who's going to miss a three. We just, there's, it's like we don't talk about this. And the def- the lack of a defensive identity and the lack of basic understanding of defensive principles is my biggest concern with this program moving forward under Kenny Payne, because that you, you can talk about things that have improved. I do think the effort level last night, notwithstanding has gotten better at times. The offense has definitely gotten better. Except for last the, night. The, the, the basic defense has not gotten better. No, we are 288th in the country no. in adjusted defensive efficiency. We are a program that before last year had never finished outside of the top 50 in that category had always been one of the 50 best defensive teams. And last year, the season that we thought was, as bad as it could possibly be. Worst defense we've ever seen. It'll never get this bad again. We were 112. We're 288th right now. I mean, I know that people like to say sometimes you know, it's better to be lucky than good. But you sometimes, I mean, we, we our whole defense is pre- premised on just being lucky. We don't do anything. We don't. I mean, we don't. I we mean, don't gamble. Yeah, people, and it, the worst part was, as you mentioned, the offense is getting better. And then, you know, here we are, a game, last game, senior game, nice little money on a money line. And... We're getting everything we need to win a game defensively because they're not hitting the shots. Yet here here's we are. The, here's the problem with but that. But we're though. giving up. But on top of it, here well, we look like we looked offensively like we did in January. Here's the problem because you're talking about you know they're missing a bunch of shots. We have a shot. 
Kenny Payne says after the game, our defensive game plan was to be disruptors. Well, to get up, I heard that, yeah. They had <laughs> five turnovers. Yeah. We had three steals. And, you know, you watch the game. I watch the game. Most people listening watch the game. If you didn't, God bless you. It, you never would have guessed that that was the defensive game plan. No. We weren't aggressive. We weren't contesting every dribble. We weren't trying to jump passing lanes. We never looked like a team that was gambling defensively. We just laid back and let them do whatever they want, which is what we've been doing this entire season. And that's my big issue, is have an identity. If you want to be a team that's going to give up a ton of points, at least try to generate points off of turnovers by jump. Do the Russ Smith defense. You're going for a bunch of steals off the dribble. You're going for a bunch of steals in passing lanes. You may get beat back door a few times. You may lose your man on the perimeter, but you're going to make up for that by creating turnovers. We don't create turnovers. We, well, I, five, I have no I think idea. Two of them weren't even forced. No one. One of them was a, was a pass or an, uh, pass over the head of their big man. I think. Trevor, we've played thirty games. I have no idea what we're trying to do defensively. I have a better idea of what we're trying to do offensively, but defensively, I've got no clue. Like like That's next season, plan. we're gonna have all these new players. We're going to have this this off season where we talk about how much better we can possibly be. I don't know what what we're going to be defensively because I've watched a full season of this team and I still have no idea what they try to do what they want to do, what the intention is. it's That's a huge problem. And it's why you're 288th in the country at a place like Louisville in adjusted defensive efficiency. Who's 289? Uh, probably a program that doesn't that actively doesn't care about defense, that Hard wants first. to play at the fastest possible tempo and get up and down and score 95 points. And Coached by Paul Westhead or something, or Doug well, Moe. Now you've piqued my curiosity. I can't, I'm just wondering, I just I can't not look now. <laughs> I just know who's like one spot behind us. Uh, Binghamton. Binghamton. Who is 12 and 17 in the America East and 330? T- uh, the sad part is they have they have four times or three times our amount of wins. American University is uh, ahead of us. I've seen them one play spot. in person. Go Patriots! I watched them when I went to see us play down in Birmingham against uh, Boise and uh, Oklahoma. I watched Tennessee and American in one of their games. And in case you're wondering, yes, we are the lowest ranked team from a power conference in adjusted defensive. I mean, we we are going to finish. Last in terms of wins in Power Five conferences too, right? Oh my gosh, not even close. Yeah. I mean, who is? I wonder who's the next close. Is it like is Cal was like eight maybe or something. Yeah, I think that that's right. I mean, it sounds. Yeah. I mean, Florida State's got nine. That's true. <laughs> Two of them are against us. Two of them are against us. <laughs> Spruits today tried to make me feel better about like sitting through the IU six and twenty one season. I'm like, I would. George what would I give to have six wins right now? <laughs> I know. George and with a roster of mostly walk ons. George... Oh, one of them was a kid they found playing by. Pickup ball on Bloomington. And like Three of them the were court. their trainers before the season. Yeah. Devin Dumas was just out of nowhere. And then he left after that season and has never been seen again. I don't even know if he existed, really. Minnesota and Georgetown both have seven wins. Okay. And they're like, those two fans. Georgetown's bases, about to get probably. Yeah, Georgetown's like, maybe. this has been the worst time of our entire life. I take it back. Hold on. Are you ready for this? Cal's got three wins. No. They have three over. They went. They won one game in non-conference, and they, they are 2-16 and 16 in they won those two games in December, and we were just like, well, Cal's got it rolling. Yeah, we were screwed. We could never be. We're ahead of Cal. Oh, we cannot. We, oh, come on. We got to. We can't finish last. Got to like Cal. Now, where's Cal? Cal and Ken Palm, though, is still 26 spots ahead of us. They're 262. Is the Pac-12 not better than the ACC? It is. Well, I mean, UCLA. According to every met, Arizona. Arizona, yeah, it's true. You got Arizona. I was thinking I couldn't remember the second team. But after that, I mean, it's pretty mediocre. What's the ACC at the top? All mediocre. All mediocre. And then the bottom is atrocious. Yeah. Well, hey, our bottom's better than theirs, apparently. Well, we are, maybe. <laughs> the rest of our bottom fours is not. Like, they. 
I think they only have two other teams with losing records. We've got hey, they got the worst team. Florida State's like 11th, and they have nine overall wins. This is this is what Boston College is our strong 10 seed at the moment. Uh, this is this is who we are. It's it's a bad league, which again, historically bad league, historically bad schedule, and we have four wins against it. It's all just sad. It is. We gotta go to break. When we come back, I I, I do want to play. A couple of clips from the Kenny Payne press conference. Are one of these the his message to the fan base that he ended the press conference with? No, but we can play that if you want to. That, that, I thought that was an interesting way to end the press conference. I sent you two clips that I, I want to play. We, we can play that one after we have the discussion about that, because I think there are things to be said there. We will, have not mentioned the Thornton sex line yet. We want to hear from you guys at 502-414-1450. We can jump into that a little bit next segment, but the text line is mostly going to be for hour number two today. So keep it locked right here. More discussion about last night's game. Hey, it was senior night. On 1450 and 961, the big X. Now and then But it's been a long, long time I've got a good life now And I've moved on So when you cross my mind, Rick I try not to think about what might have been Cause that was then And we now got different things We can't get back again There's no use giving in And there's no way to know We'll be learning to Play guitar. Just a little Texas, is that right? <laughs> Just a little Texas. A little Texas. Here we go. Oh, cool. Oh, they're going to pick it up right now. Boom. We can sit and talk oh, about it all night long. <laughs> Wonder why we sent you to green. <laughs> they're even asking for him back. <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah. Good for the Iona game with, like, come back to Coach Panathinaiko's side. Uh, oh, yeah, who doesn't love Little Texas? What might have been? It's a great song. It is like I mean, <laughs> it made me feel better there. <laughs> it does. That is what today is. Today is uh, the sad. Con- I, last night was like a breakup. I had to concede the bet today. I now know what they were talking about. Knows all those country songs. The all is lost moment. The all is lost moment. So we're going yeah. with sad, sappy country songs today. Uh, we, we- Get the tissues out, people. We talked about the game itself last night in the first segment, among other things. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, I think, after the game. Because this generated maybe as much... I'm just seeing, by the way, UK is playing in the women's SEC tournament. I didn't realize Yeah, it's at 1 o'clock. It was at 1 today. They already played, didn't they? they? Eight players got ejected. What? I'm watching the video. I don't know how it happened. So I, First of all, I didn't realize they were this bad. They're, they're, yeah. the, they're the bottom seed in the SEC. I happened to notice when I flipped over the Arkansas game briefly... I couldn't stand it long because Jimmy Dykes was on the commentary. Oh, did you see the his clip by the way last night? No, I, I I turned it on, saw the score, and turned it back. I was like, I'd rather listen to Perry Clark. Real quickly, there's a there was a play last night. You can find the, the video because every Arkansas fan on earth shared it. 
There's an Arkansas player going up for a layup. Gets very clearly just drilled in the head with a swinging right arm. <laughs> and Jimmy, Jimmy Dykes goes, all ball. Oh, yes. I and, know. I did see that. They yes. Sh- they show the replay again in slow-mo. The guy's head like moves back. like He may, he may have whiplash based on how hard he got yes, hit. Yes, I did see and that. And Jimmy Dykes like, that's all ball. That's a missed call right there. They missed that one. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding Jimmy Dykes, everybody hates him besides UK fans. Because I, I, I know, I know, I did. It's actually one of the few moments I did because I remember thinking to myself, he still isn't watching replays. He's not. He's but, just commentary. He's making commentary off what he saw in natural speed, which can be misleading, and he's not watching a replay. Refuses. He just refuses. Now, so how many women got kicked out? Hold on. I, first of all, I didn't realize that the UK women's basketball team won two games in the SEC this year. Ooh, wow. They were two and fourteen. They are the bottom seed for the SEC. Now they, I want to. This is the same coach that was there last year that kind of made the run with them. I think or was it Kyra Elsie? Yeah, she's still there. They're gonna have to fire her. It sounds like. I mean, I thought they thought they were bad with Matthew Mitchell and his attitude. Yeah, I mean. they, they, she's not doing a great job. But they are. The game's still going on right now. They currently lead fifty to forty-eight. But I, I watched the video that got all these ladies kicked out, and it looks like not to defend Kentucky here. It looks like they really only should have been one player thrown out, and it's the Florida player. There's like a there's a made basket. The Florida player is going to take. She wants to take the ball out of, out of bounds. A UK player has got the ball. They kind of like bump into each other. The UK player like sort of gives her the ball. The Florida player turns around and just chucks it at her, and then takes off after her with, with clenched fists. Her teammates are trying to restrain her. It spills over into the UK bench. I don't know if there's something I'm not seeing here, but yeah, they threw out eight players for this. It, the, the, I mean, eight players like not on just one team, right? From the entire game, yeah. Both both teams, I'm assuming. Matt Jones tweets him out about a fan trying to get on the court too. Gee, what is going on? Like, how much like passion do we really have in women's basketball between the two worst teams in the SEC? I think they should ban the men's team from the NCAA tournament for this. <laughs> now that'll show them. Keep them out of the tournament. I'm wa- trying to watch the video now. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, now I'm just now okay. I'm watching it. There's nothing you you don't see the ball throw. That Florida this, girl needs to be thrown game. out, suspended. The, she's the only one. That's horrible. She's, I mean, yeah, she's the only one that I really see that's like. Yeah, get her out of the game. I mean, it's 22-14. to 14. It's not even a blowout. I'm sh- I'm, I'm assuming that the, the UK girl's been talking some trash to her a little bit. Maybe maybe a little jersey maybe a little jersey tug here, a little, little poke in the side, grab of the tush. You know, little little dirty tricks that I learned from Bill Lambeer myself. Uh, but you don't just chuck the ball. Yeah, that should have been... Yeah, she's gone for sure. They should have, yeah, that, yeah. But I don't understand, based on that video, why eight people, I, I guess leaving the bench is the That's thing. That belongs if she comes back next year, it's the suspension for next season. I would say Not that. all season, but at least the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, she single-handedly causes the whole thing. Yeah. Again, not to defend Kentucky. On the no, no, and I, and I really can't. I'm, I, I, Get the men's team out of here. Yeah, once she chucked it, I kind of was like, and then she just goes, yeah, she slow walks and then just. Yeah, she's, she's I'm sure the girl was talking trash to her. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know why they do so many people out. She took it into the stands. Yeah, has to be for leaving the bench. The only thing that I can think of. I mean, she needs to listen to a little more Little Texas. Yeah, I think that <laughs> calms down everybody. All right, last night after the game, Kenny Payne talks to the media, and before we play the clips, let me preface this by saying it's basically the same press conference that we've heard 45 well, times I mean, this year. We we said that. Didn't I? I did the stick last yesterday, didn't I? Well, I did, did the press conference. And... Yeah, you knew it. Yeah. But here's how he, first clip there that I sent you, here's how he opened the press conference last night uh, after a 17-point loss to Virginia Tech, who, by the way, had not won at Louisville since 1991 on our senior night. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my bad. Wrong clip. <laughs> well done. That's perfect. Here we go. We had numerous guys <laughs> that did not come to play on senior night, the last game of the year. 
I don't know what to say to that. Um, disappointed, discouraged, hurt. Um, there are no words to describe what it feels like to be a part of something where you watch guys not come to fight for their teammates. On the end, this this fan base on the last regular season game of the year. That's disappointing. One. He keeps, he keeps calling this the last game, and it's it's not like we've if you like we have another regular first he calls it the last game of the year the first time then he calls it the last regular season game of the year neither of those things are true we play at Virginia on Saturday and then we have a conference tournament game next week so that's I'm, one I'm thing hammering the Yahoos or the Woohoos whatever they Wahoos. call it on on yeah I mean, clearly Stephen Kenny's giving up now so so that's the opening statement now before we get into the discussion play the second clip that i sent you he he gets asked by tyler griever of whas you you keep talking about guys not coming to play not coming to fight not coming to compete why do you think this is happening it's it's the second to last game (laughs) of the freaking regular season why is this happening kenny you referenced that you can't quite place you know what happens to guys when they just don't come to compete I feel like that's something you've said many times this season. All year, how do you try to put your finger on that or try to figure that out with these guys? Um, I can tell you what I just said to the guys in the locker room. Every day, regardless of what happens, I wake up in the morning saying, I'm going to make sure we try to conquer today. And every day I'm hoping and praying that we figure it out. Every day I'm challenging them. Uh, I'm pushing practice harder. I'm making it harder. I'm seeing guys that I know is the right thing to do because they're not liking it. And that encourages me that, you know, I'm doing the right thing because of their body language toward work, their body language toward being challenged, their body language toward being somebody loving them regardless of their flaws and saying, you can figure this out. I believe in you. And I go to work every day with that in mind and thinking that they're going to figure it out. Um, I just, at some point, um, you know, you hope that they get it individually and team. Um, and it's not just one person, it's multiple, multiple guys, um, you know, but I'm still not giving up whenever we practice again, if we're off tomorrow, the following day, (laughs) I'm going to come in there, and I'm going to challenge them. I'm going to push them. I'm going to make practice hard, and I'm going to give them everything I got till the season's over. I feel like I ha- I've been screaming this into the void for four months now. You're the head coach. It's It's your job to make them listen, to motivate these players. And if they are all bad kids from a holdover regime that you know couldn't get them to listen, and you still can't get them to listen, it doesn't portend great things for the future. I hate to keep drawing this comparison. And I say that, I really don't, because everybody's like, you can't compare him to Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a first. We want Kenny Payne to become a Hall of Fame coach, right? If you're a Louisville basketball, you hire coaches that are supposed to be top tier. We treat Kenny Payne like he like this is some sort of charity and yeah, he's 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 not Rick. He's not. De- well, then why do we hire him if he, if he can't become that Great coach? Question. Rick Pitino takes over Denny Crum's season, which had a lot of seemingly problem children. Right? They won 12 games in Crum's last year. They were terrible. And these same kids, Ellis Miles is like openly fighting 
seeming the, the coaches during Brian games. Wayne, close to 300 pounds. Out of shape. No interest in doing the right thing. No. Seems like Luke Whitehead, same deal. Reese Gaines has a bad attitude. Patino takes over that team, gives them a come to Jesus speech the very first time he meets them. Like basically, he's like, "I'm Rick Patino. I don't know who the hell any of you all are because none of you introduce yourselves to me, and you're not good enough for me to know who you are before I get here. If you want that to change, we're gonna start working our asses off." And the players who didn't do it, including the biggest two additions that he had that offseason in Bender and Hurt, they got kicked to the curb. They got yeah. thrown off the team. And that team won 20 games and damn near made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. The whole— Would have gone farther if it weren't for the, the ice court. Would have Lynn Greer just skating his way to the NIT <laughs> Final Four. The whole, like, I can't get through to these kids. They just won't listen to me. While it may be rooted in some truth— and I hope it is, because if not, then we're doomed for the same season next year, regardless of who we bring in. It is not an excuse at this point. You 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 are paid $3.5 million to get through your team and to motivate them. And if you can't do it, don't play them. Play your son. Play Ashton Miles DeVore. Play, play anybody who you know is going to give maximum effort for, for, for 40 minutes, because that's what the fan base wants to see. And that's what the program needs if we're going to get back out there. There, He keeps saying the same things after every game about kids not listening and not bringing that fight and not understanding what this is all about. And yet the same players, game after game after game, get the same amount of minutes. We don't change anything. We are 4-26, and and we've heard the same spiel 30 times this season. I just don't get it. I told the story earlier today on, on the podcast, and I'll tell it again here because it's all I can think of. Uh, like a long time ago, th- this neighbor moved in across the street from us who we knew it was bad news. It was a family, but the the, the guy, the man, never wore a shirt and had a gold UK chain. <laughs> Jean shorts, UK, every stereotype. And so we're like, well, this isn't going to be good. They kept their dog outside like 24 hours a day, which is also another red flag. Like, come on, let the dog in the house. Why have a dog if you're going to keep it outside 24 hours a day? It seems cruel. My neighbors probably think the same thing, but I have a dog door. You have a dog door. You, I prefer to be out there. This yeah. dog was always – but the difference there is this dog, you knew it didn't want to be outside because it would howl bloody murder every night yeah. from, like, midnight to 6 a.m. Oh, I don't yeah, – I, clo- I close the doggy door at, like, 12 o'clock. Like, latest. constant barking, constant howling, and it became a thing that, like everybody's talking about it. Like, nobody's getting any sleep. And when that's the case, like, you've got to do something. Build a doggy house if it makes it better. Build a doggy door. Let the dog in the house. Clearly, he's not happy. We're not happy. I don't know how you could possibly be happy. So, finally, everybody has to come talk to this guy. Have to have, like, your dog's keeping us awake. you got to do something. And his response, this is a dead true story. I'm not making any of this up. His response was, well, I tell him to be quiet. And everybody's like, that's that's not good enough. Like, th- that is not an explanation for what's happening here. And that's how I feel about this with Kenny. You can't just be like, well, I'm telling him. I'm trying. Yeah. Like, you, you are paid a re- a absurd amount of money to get this done, and you're giving us no answers 30 games into your first season. It doesn't fly. And I also – it's not lost on me that you know, he gives that answer – we can play the the clip that you wanted to play from at the end of the press conference in a second. But he is saying, you know, I'm hard on them. I know I'm doing the right thing because they don't like what's happening. They're still adjusting to life in this new culture where, you know, I, they know I love them. Even if they do the wrong things, we're loving them up, loving them up. And then in his very next answer, he talks about how things are going to get turned around because we're going to get the right people in here. And I'm like, okay, like... You're like, I love these kids, even though they're doing the wrong thing. And then 30 seconds later, I can't wait to get these bleep heads out of here so we can get the right people with the right characters and the right parents <laughs> into this program and start this turnaround. 
it just and maybe I'm being too critical, but I'm looking for reasons to be optimistic about the future. This doesn't instill confidence in me. The fact that you can't get anything out of these kids this deep into your first season. Two things. One, I, I would thought you were going to harp more on the uh, Stuart Smiley uh, introduction, the way he starts his day by getting the mirror and like, I'm a swell guy. I'm going to conquer the world. You can do this. How about just get Dalen Withers to play defense for back-to-back possessions? I'm <laughs> fine with daily affirmations, but at some point, it's got to be something more than that. Let's not conquer the world. Let's just try to get, you know, Curry to actually, like, come, a, come a, you know, stay on stay on his man on, on a ball screen. Let, let's 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 do the small things where we try to, to, to conquer the world. And two, um, is he still your neighbor? Oh, no. They got – they. this is going to shock you. And this is also true. They got – Kicked out of that house for not paying their rent like four months later. Oh, <laughs> they were gone very quickly. They, what about the dog? I assume the dog went with them. Uh, I mean, don't be too assume. But that happened to people that behind me, and they left their dogs in the yard. I actually don't remember what one, happened. One of which dog. was like nine years old, blind and toothless, which I I took in and kept in for a couple years until he passed away. But I think they probably ended up letting the dog in the house because I, I don't remember what happened, but I remember that like it wasn't a problem anymore. Like uh, the dog. We didn't hear it. Like I want the, I shouldn't. I don't need a dog, but I will take it if they don't want them. Well, this this was also like eleven years ago. It was a long oh, time ago. Okay, poor doggy. Yeah, it's it's fine now. It's, I'm sure it's okay. I'm sure it's crossed the rainbow bridge. He's living a great life. Doggy's going to heaven, you know. Well, that's fine. It, it's just, like we can finally. Uh, I've got the clip of the fan base thing. Oh, right, you want to play the last clip? If you want to play it now, we can Let's do, do it. it. Okay. Right now, here's the the last thing that we'll play from Kenny. Because that was a fitting ending to the, the press conference and what is to quote Kenny Payne the last game of the year. Kenny, I know you've preached patience to, to the fan base a lot of times this season. Uh, what would you say, I guess, to the disappointed segment of that fan base, especially with a night like tonight to close out the home schedule? Um, what would I say to the fan base? I feel like they feel, except I have the obligation, the opportunity to be with them every single day. And I'm preaching similar if not the same some of the same things that they're frustrated over a lack of energy a lack of confidence a lack of um fight i'm preaching that every day and i can sugarcoat it for you but it's not acceptable i ask these players every day do you understand what it means to be in that jersey um and what fully do you have to sacrifice to be in that jersey um i don't think a majority of them do uh and so my job is to educate them on what it is to be in that jersey and that doesn't mean it's always going to be rosy there's going to be hard days but you have to fight to make sure that you know and have faith that you know that you're going to fix it um i hope our fan base I know most of them do. I know there are some that's disappointed. Um, But I hope they understand that not one of these kids to this point has been cheated. Not one single day have they been cheated. So uh, we're going to get this program fixed um, probably sooner than later, most likely sooner than later. And the right type of people will be in this program that deserve to be here, that fit the criteria that it takes to be a Louisville Cardinal. 
at he least he went players from, or himself. At least he went from probably to most likely pretty quickly. I think I, he, mean, I think better. Caught, I think he caught himself. He's like, it's gonna happen probably sooner than later. And he's like, I gotta be stronger than that. It was like most likely. How about just sooner than later? Let's 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 make that. We're going to get this thing turned around quickly. Yeah. Because if you've got the goods to be a, an all-time great college head coach, you're going to turn this thing around quickly. That's the confidence that I need from you. I mean, I think he was referring to the players when he said, you know, people that are better suited for this program. You're talking about yourself too, Kenny, a little bit. I mean, you're not getting rid of this year. I know that. But that sooner better be next season. I mean, you you, you win single-digit games next year. There's no, I mean, there's no way. I know this is coming off as overly critical to a lot of people, and I, I'm still hoping that Kenny Payne can turn this around. I'm still rooting for him. He's oh, going to be the coach next year. We clearly want Louisville to have success, but we're talking about the current state of things. We're we're giving opinions here. This is what we have to do. This is sports radio. And to be quite frank, like the whole – he talks like he's not the coach of the team. <laughs> He talks like he's a former player who was brought in to give a motivational speech before a game and is like, I I tried to tell them you know, what it means to wear that uniform and how proud you have to be. And I'm like, this is th- that's a great thing to say at a press conference in October when we've started practice, maybe at media day. You can't do this after you've played 30 full games and you've and you've already said this 25 times. Like at some point, you've got to give us something different. And the whole the 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 lack of accountability. I'd be lying. We're telling the truth here. We're being honest. I'd be lying if I said it didn't drive me kind of crazy. The whole like he'll he'll come out every now and then. He didn't do it during that spiel. He did do it in the post game with Jody Demling on uh, on on 970 and 93.9, where he's he's like, hey, I, you know, we did this this and this and that's my fault. But then he he immediately goes into like 45 reasons why it's everybody else's fault. Now, he did do it a little bit in that press conference early on. And I think he, we changed it because he said something. He, we did, he goes like, we didn't uh, accomplish what we were supposed to. Something like that. And he goes, that's my, that's to me. And it's on me. And, and he but, says it kind of quickly, kind of like he did with the sooner than later comment. But then right he there. goes on to like for 40 more responses where it's like, I'm trying to get, and they won't do it. I, 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 I don't know what to do when they don't come out with heart. I don't know what to do. You're the coach. This is this is exactly what you're paid to do. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this maybe changed the way you you you, you talk to him in some ways. I mean, change maybe, something. Do anything yeah, different. I mean, obviously the way that you thought or you you're used to getting people to be motivated. Maybe I don't know. Isn't working with this. I mean, maybe not everybody to treat everybody the same way. Maybe you have to be nicer to one guy and meaner to another. Some people take you know things differently. I, I just yeah I. Also, tell us what's going to be different moving forward outside of just we're going to get better people in here. Like, How are they not cheated? How would we think they got cheated? Curry made like six, fig- six, <laughs> six figures this year. The last and thing on this, that, that kind of just watching this team the entire season, and, and I noticed it a lot last night too, is the sideline demeanor where, you know, Payne will just kind of – he does this thing where – he just throws his arms up and like turns around. Like, I can't, I, I can't believe what I'm watching. He does it like 40 times a game, and it's kind of the only thing that he does over there. And to be fair, it drove me crazy. Chris Mack used to do something similar, where he would do this thing, especially in the first couple of years, where it was more Patino Paget guys than than his own. He hadn't gotten his guys in there, and you know, he's always we're not tough. These these guys are so soft. And something would happen, and he would just turn to the crowd, like cross his arms, and then throw his arms up and be like, "Can you believe these guys? I can't believe these guys either." And that. It, it bothered me because, again, you're the head coach. And it, it reminds me, I'll take it back to Patino again. Like, Patino would do that too. He was obviously a very animated personality on the sidelines. 
But the difference is he would throw his arms up, he would scream, and then he would take that player out immediately. He'd yeah. call a timeout or he'd call for a sub, and when that player got to the bench, he'd be right in his ear, screaming at, letting him know what was what what happened, why he's so upset, what needs to be changed. And then when that player got back in the game, however long it took, he wasn't going to make that same mistake again. That is coaching. It's not just throwing your arms up and letting people know that you see what they see and that you're frustrated. It's doing something actively to fix that. And we haven't seen that at all this year. I mean, we don't see the only like individual players I feel like he's punished by lack of playing time this year are Curry on occasion, last night being an example. And he, I think, obviously, I think he was referring to when he mentioned the senior day lack of effort thing. And, and like, Devin Ree, I guess the only two that he's ever. And Basile, yeah. Like, I see Withers out there. There was a, there was a point in like, the Georgia Tech game where Withers just didn't even try to guard somebody like three straight possessions. Just didn't even stop the ball. And I know I'm being hard on him a little bit defensively. He doesn't play defense. But he doesn't. And it's like they took him out for a couple possessions and then put him back in because it's like I know he can be effective offensively. But at some point, you've got to just like, listen, you you won four games. You're going to have to, like, stand your ground. Exactly. And let, it not, doesn't matter. Putting Winning him in, putting matter. him in to cut off our toe to save our foot because he can play a little offense because of defense. Who cares at this point? We're not exactly. fighting for a playoff spot. Exactly. Let him sit the rest of the game. If the difference is let it, him sit another game. Do something. You got it. I mean, otherwise just, you're just you're you're gonna put him in. You know what he's gonna do? Why should I care? Why should why should I listen to him? If the options are and we don't need to, to single out whether specifically, we should, even I though know. but like because you could do this with a lot of guys. If yeah. the options are benching Jalen Withers or let's say playing Jalen Withers, letting him play through the mistakes and us losing by 10, or benching Jalen Withers to send a message and us losing by 20, I lose by 20. Where are you losing by 20? Send the message. Like, like get the message across. Bench anybody who's not going to do exactly what you're asking them to do on the defensive end. No, no, Nobody's going to criticize you at this point more than they already have. Like, we've got four wins. Losing by five to Virginia on Saturday doesn't matter as much as trying to get things going for the future. And I guess we're too far gone at this point for that to really matter yeah. either. But and what's the, you see the point. Irritating table on defense is there are some players who will be out of position and will try to, to, to close out. We'll try, well, you can see they've made a mistake mentally, and that's well, I'm mostly on coaching, but they will show some effort trying to making up for it. And there are some that will, once the, the pass is made and they realize they're in a bad position, will just look at the guy and start walking the other just way. don't care. And that's, and that, that's irritating. And, and they're... they're yeah. All right, we have to go to break. When we come back, 4 o'clock hours up next. We'll turn the uh, the reins over to you on the door. How appropriate is it? 23 years ago today is the Kevin McHale walking through that door. I saw that, too. I mean, I just, yeah. it, just, it, feels, it feels just appropriate. I don't know why it does. Yeah, I saw that, too. I watched the video earlier. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. You heard our thoughts. We want to hear yours. We'll do that next. Coming up, hour number two here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. So try not to think about Like the burning end of a midnight cigarette She broke his heart He spent his whole life trying to forget We watched him drink his pain away A little at a time But he never could get drunk enough To get her off his mind 
until the night. Just a successful cardinal bass. And pulled the trigger. Oh my god. <laughs> the bottle though. And I'm drank away her memory. Look at what the pressing Terrible. Let me All right. Show up, but this time it was bigger. I'm sad. I'm not this sad. We don't need to. Let's, let's move on. That, that's that's too much. That, that's overboard. This is Brad Paisley and uh, somebody else. Give me Brad Paisley celebrity. Give me poppy country Brad Paisley. I don't need this right now. Found him with his face dead in the pillow. Yeah, this is too much. This is, this is this is way way too much. Welcome back in Wednesday edition here of the Mike Rutherford Show. Seriously, turn it off. That's awful. <laughs> 1450 and 96 won the big X. <laughs> we just lost a basketball game. It's okay. it's not that serious. It's okay. No more whiskey lullaby. We have uh oh that's I've I've heard that song before. That's I don't, the name I don't think I remember it being that just completely depressing. But <laughs> apparently it, was. it came up when I googled saddest country songs ever. <laughs> it was like number three on the list. Uh, we want to. There we see the ones I didn't make the cut. <laughs> we're talking about last night's loss to Virginia Tech. Also the response to Kenny Payne's. Post-game press conference comments. We want to hear from you now on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. Amazingly, we went the entire first hour of the show without talking about the Frisbee dog crapping on the court at halftime, which is all anybody else wants to talk about. (laughs) At first, I was kind of like... I did reference it a little bit. Because everybody is making the same jokes, which they're obvious. This is a a sign of Louisville season. Like, that's Louisville season in a nutshell. Everybody's making the same type of jokes. And it... It rises itself. It's appropriate. The first thing that I had heard from the game was this frisbee dog is out there. It's dropping some frisbees, of course. And then it was like, oh my god, it just crapped on the floor. And like this is, it's poetic. It's purely, it encompasses this entire season. And now it's gone viral. And at first I was like, okay, this is getting kind of annoying. Everybody's talking about the dog bleeping on the floor. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is the most positive coverage this team has had this entire season. I mean, at least we're not talking about the 17 point loss like NBA Twitter accounts are, are putting the video out there. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Just pay no attention to the fact that we're losing at home just by 17 to all, it's like the 11th best team in the ACC on our senior night. Uh, let's focus on the dog. I know you, you said you listened to some of uh, KRC this morning when I was on there. I pretty much just heard you conceding. Your OK, because so we brought this up and like, TJ, you know, we had our little thoughts. We made our little jokes, you know, like, hey, we're putting a bunch of turds on the court. Why should the court, the dog? And, you know, and like the first two things that like came to my mind were like, <laughs> one, like you see him grab the dog, the turds to the leg. And they're like, do the poor kids who have to like, like wipe up the sweat from players going out. Did he have to go out there and clean it up? I think he did. I saw I saw him. No, grab not the it. trainer, but like somebody one of the kids who like, you know, just wipes off the court. When... I think it was the trainer. I think he went out there with a like a paper towel and okay. saw him pick it up. And two, if this had been me as a trainer, would anybody have been mad if I just left it there? <laughs> Probably. The trainer acted like so like, oh my god, like had like rush him. I'm like, let him finish at this point. Like he's just yeah. He pretty much did finish. I yeah, mean. he's clear. The other thing was they showed somebody I put the video up there, somebody was filming the big screen at the game, and like the, the person operating the big camera like after the dog takes the dump, he zooms in on it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why, why are you doing this? Why not? <laughs> I mean, I guess somebody, and yeah, a person did respond to me. That's like, better than showing the like 4,000 fans that were in attendance there by showing the crowd, which it did. Look, I know they announced the attendance at over 11,000. Oh, People who were wow. there said it was probably more like 4,000. Yeah, know, there's no way I was like If that, which has kind of become the norm, unfortunately, but whatever. All right, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you guys. Thornton Sex Line, 502 414. 1450 is the number. This is your hour. Get those thoughts out there. Texture says, Kenny Payne talks in generics like an AAU coach. Well, 
Well, oh, I brought I texted to you last night. I don't know. My only one notices when they bring up Kenny Payne, they're like Kenny Payne's resume. They always start his time at Kentucky. Yeah, nobody cares about Oregon. I mean, do they do that because it's harder to like talk flowers and sunshine? I got a guy who was an assistant coach for twenty something years before he got a head coaching gig. We've been getting head pats from announcers all year long. Perry Clark may have been doing the heaviest padding that we've had this like every segment. Like he, they started it. Five minutes into the game, and then they took the first break at the under four uh, at the under uh, sixteen timeout, and they came back and they continued on with it. Like, yeah. like Kenny Payne's definitely. I'm like, okay, I I get it. That's your opinion. Like, we don't need to, we don't need to do this. And then I, we I we were jokingly talking about how we just wanted Perry Clark to talk about the old Metro days, and then they legitimately did it in the last they two did. minutes when it was blowout time and they had nothing else to talk about. They're like, that Metro was a great conference. I'm like, here we go. Just talk about Gerald Honeycutt, <laughs> That's all Lavelle Crow Simmons talk <laughs> for two minutes. Here. Remember Ace Custis? He was a beast. <laughs> Went to back to back. You know, it was weird. They they talked about the, the Metro days. And didn't even bring up Withers' dad who played in the Metro. Well, he he played in Conference. Oh, he's a, oh, that's right. He was. Curse right. Withers is is older than me. Okay, <laughs> he's about the same age. No, I mean me. he's younger than me. Oh, is he? He graduated college in 08. I graduated in 07. Well, I was I thinking? I think I, he was on that 05 team that we beat. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I think? I keep thinking, I think I always mix him up with like around the same time as Ace Custis. I think. Yeah, he's and his Custis he's was late. like 97, Custis 98. Custis is mid 90s. Yeah, and I think that's why I always I always consider. I always forget he did play later than that. Yeah, Curse Withers was like when I was in college. Like we're, I remember we're about. I remember his dad playing. I remember he's that. Good. Yeah. Texas quote: I feel like they feel, but I also got three mil. Kenny Payne. <laughs> he's not getting cheated either. Apparently. Yeah, he's like I feel. I, I think he was talking about the fans though when he was saying that. I, I think he was saying. In which and and how I mean. When in the answer where he was saying like I think that the things that they're upset about. Are the things that I'm upset about, you know, the I, I feel the way that they feel when I see like the lack of motivation. Oh, he's not getting the night like like when they described the Clemson game atmosphere. Again, yeah, he no, he no, he's oh. talking about how he feels the same way as the fans do when they watch this team play. Like his frustrations with the team, he shares them with the fan base. But what was he referring to when he said the players didn't get cheated? I, I, that's a different quote entirely. Like we're talking about the I feel like they. Feel oh, well, okay, okay, that's what the texture said. Confusing. Um, Texture says, what was the crap about none of these kids aren't cheating about? There you go. Perfect Okay, timing. good timing, yeah. I mean, I, I did not understand that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what he's referring to. Like, did, did he, I mean. They're working hard, I guess, is what they're I mean, you could say they say. did get cheated from having the Louisville experience. I mean, we saw that when, you, again, when they talked about the Clemson game and how, you know, the atmosphere that was and, you know, something we they really, these kids who've been, some of them have been here for two years now, I've never really seen. I mean, I, I yeah. I, I, in that case, they have been cheated. I think my guess is, you know, coaches say all the time, like, you know, if you if you don't work hard, like you're cheating yourself, that's like a common weight room practice quote. That's what I'm guessing is this like, this team's still working hard. They're still competing. They're still trying. But then in the next breath, they'll talk about how they don't come out and work hard in the game. So effort. Yeah, I, I, don't. Yeah, I don't. Texas says Kenny got paid about a million dollars per win this season. The culture is strong. Yeah. Yeah. At least we're not cow. That's all I can say. Uh, Texture says, uh, TJ sent something in. What up, TJ? Look at him. Oh, it's a picture of you topless from this morning, I guess. Oh, he take a screenshot of that? I think so. I forgot I didn't have the, I forgot I had the camera on when I came on the show. <sighs> <laughs> what do you think is, oh, I know. I, that's, okay, now, never mind. He's about to go out of town with the missus. They've got a kid now. He needs to find ways to, to get the engine rev for, uh, 
That's why I took the screen. You know, DJ, you could have. I could have sent you a, a better, a better copy of that. It's bad. <laughs> I feel like you've seen me with my shirt off more than any human being. I've should, seen though. you more than I'd care to. <laughs> never by my own wishes. It's never like, hey, we went to the pool together. No, it's just like, here's you posing topless with your fantasy football picture. And despite, despite what you might think, I am not the, I, I'm not the fat kid who keeps the shirt on the pool. I take it off, which I appreciate. Texas, I've been sitting here all day thinking about jokes to make about the dog crapping on the court and it being symbolic of the Louisville basketball team this season, but then I get sad and I just try to focus on something else. What is it with your favorite teams and having their dogs and the dogs pooping on the play, game, field of play? Yeah, the Reds did that. Yeah, Shotzi did it. Yeah. yeah. Not the Lions, to my knowledge. No, that's just the pretty much the, the, the play. I guarantee a Ford family dog has crapped on that field at some point, though. <laughs> it's like a broken down car more than anything. There's no way. <laughs> Texas, bam. Oh, this is a KRC text. KRC text? I don't even, I don't have the heart to read it. Bam out of bio text or something? Bam was on the Taylor Rooks podcast today. He, so? He's complaining about the North Carolina John Higgins game. It's definitely worth a listen. He said the whole team to this day still feels like they were cheated. Yeah, really? So, go, 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 call Shepherds, okay? Suck it. Texas, no matter what, who we bring in next year, I don't think any of us have confidence that KP can sufficiently coach them. I won't until he starts winning. Like, they, they, there's no way around it. There's no, like, the the trust in KP pitch at this point is still just like, trust me, bro. Like, we need, we've got nothing to base. If you're telling me when we get better talent in here, you know he's the guy that can turn this into a 25-win team next season. Like, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying I can't buy into that until I actually see it because all I have to base any opinion off of is the worst season in the history of the program. I don't have confidence. I have optimism. Is that okay? Sure. I mean, it's... I mean, you, you're, you have hope. You can, yeah, I have hope. I have, op- again, you can call it blind optimism if you want, but it is optimism. Um, but confidence, not a lot. I really don't. I mean, no. Texas says, Mike, if we could replace Virginia on the schedule for Saturday's game with Lenore Ryan, Lipscomb, or Bellarmine, could we win... I say no, standing on the ledge, staring into the abyss. Surely to God, we could beat Lenore Ryan now. I think we can even beat Bellarmine right now. Bellarmine, by the way, got beat by Liberty last night in the quarterfinals of the A-Sun tournament. Uh, they wound up being the 8th seed. I think they finished the year 15-18. and 18. You know, I, I say that but then because we've been playing so much better offensively since the beginning of February, and then we look offensively like we did last night. I think we, well, I, we wouldn't even score 50 points if Mike James didn't go just straight Terminator mode in this first half. This is my, my genuine answer to that question. I think we would beat Lenore Ryan. They went 11-16 in a bad D2 conference. I think we'd beat Bellarmine. I don't think we would beat Lipscomb. Lipscomb, who's the the five seed in the A-Sun tournament. Oh, yeah, that's a little too good for us. They they just, they just beat, um, who's the four seed? They beat somebody decent. They're they're in the A-Sun semis. They play. Uh, we're not even their best win. No, we're not. They, they play <laughs> Kennesaw State, who's the one seed in the semifinals, I think, either tonight or tomorrow. Um, but they the, who was it? It was somebody who's never been to the tournament before. I just I just wrote about this. Now it's driving me crazy. Now I've got to remember. Oh, it was a uh... cowboy. <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> That's two really good ones today. I've been on yeah, I had a good time on that one. <laughs> um, I like the Kenny Payne one still my favorite though. Kenny Payne was very good. Stetson, the Hatters. That's who they. Beat. Oh yeah, how can you beat the Hatters? Beat them by thirteen. I, I think we. That's my my honest to god answer. I think we would beat Bellarmine. I mean, could be wrong about that. I think we would beat Lenore Ryan. I think we would lose to Lipscomb again. I want to say it was the college basketball game in 
05 or 06. It was around there. I was really, I had, it was one of those years of the game was, I was really good at it. I think, I know it was the year the Florida a and played Kentucky in the first round because they had three three-point shooters on that team I, w- I would use sometimes. And I was the cocky guy who would be like, you be whoever you want. I'll be the worst team. I'll be one of these bad teams, and I'll beat you. And my buddy was like Michigan, and I was Stetson. I beat him at 30. <laughs> he was so pissed. Go Hatters. <laughs> I missed the old logo. It was the best. You know, he's a Giant S wearing a Stetson. Yeah, they don't great. Wear... No, it's, oh, they made it lame. It's just an S, though. Texas says this is a longer one. The university, city, and state cannot afford Kenny Payne returning for season two. The school was already admitted to losing millions upon millions this season. That amount is only going to grow if he's brought back. But no one is talking about the financial impact to our city, downtown, and state. Local businesses, hotels, restaurants, tax revenues are losing millions due to UofL basketball being irrelevant. He must be fired. The problem with that is, yeah, you're taking a hit. I think they've said that they've lost like... What, $1.2 million in revenue? I don't think it was millions and millions, like the texture said. But if you fire him now instead of next year, that's right there. That's $2 million that you're also – I mean, you're giving away $10 million. Hopefully to we make some of that back with the tournament. The downtown businesses, at least. Well, we need – what we need is the ACC to, to ha- have another big NCAA tournament because we get a share of that. Like, okay. We get the you – know, every ACC team splits the, the profits from – you know, you get a different share the farther you advance. You get certain money for making it to the, the second round, the Sweet 16, and so on and so on. So, like, we made some solid bank off of UNC and Duke making it to the Final Four last year. We could use that money again, I'm sure. Texas says, Trevor just has to hope that Kim K is like Marissa Tomei and loves quirky, giant, silver-haired, chain-smoking video game playing, <laughs> wakes up at 2 p.m., only uses DoorDash-type men. Although I do believe TK would be getting the short end of that stick. Who is he hoping I would I would hope would be like Mr. Terme? I think you were talking about Kim Kardashian yesterday on the show. No, oh, I mentioned Emmanuel Sharik. You mentioned Kim Kardashian. Oh, did I? Okay, yeah. I didn't mean to. You're like, I have a better chance at Kim Kardashian than. I'm not even a big Kim Kardashian fan, really. I don't like the. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm again. I, I prefer Emmanuel Sharik. Uh, under the radar. Who's she, that? I guess that she's the girl that was dated E and on. Oh, I do know who exactly who you're talking Terrence's about. Terrence's daughter, yeah. Because like, people... I knew her before that character, but like, because she's in this like random movie called 100 Girls, which is like a B, B comedy, but kind of funny. And she's just so hot in that movie. I've had a crush on her ever since. When that show first came out, people would compare me to E a lot. And I, just before I watched it. So I watched it basically just because of that. People were like, they, you remind me of this guy. And then when I saw that she he was dating that guy in the show, I was like, okay. <laughs> she's also the lesbian bartender in waiting. Never seen it. You're still waiting? No. You don't. You haven't worked in the food industry. You probably would appreciate it. Sorry. Texas, after going to 80% of the home games this year, I felt as relieved as the Frisbee dog at halftime walking out of the yum for the last time this season. Here's to next year. I, I have to admit, like last night watching, the, I think you and I were, like, I was mad texting you last night. I was, I was more angry than I typically am. Even this time last year, as much as it sucked, I still was like, I got into the games. They... They played hard at times for Mike McGee. They definitely played hard in the last two conference games. Like I was, I was genuinely hurt when they lost to Virginia in the conference tournament. I just wanted one more day. I'm like, these guys are, are spelling. Like seeing Jared West just in tears after that game was was very sad. He played so well, and I wanted to see how far that you know they could take this. Like last night in the middle of the game where they're just going through the motions again, I, I was overwhelmed by the feeling of like I I can't wait for this to be over. Like, and I've never ever felt that way before. So, I mean, to me, there's like, this, it might as well have been the last game of the season for me, too, like Kenny said. I mean, I'm not. I was just like, will I, I watch Saturday? Of course I will. Will I, I watch yeah. Tuesday? Of course I will. Am I getting emotionally invested in it? No. I mean, I've I've pretty much gone into my end of the season. It's officially over depression, and it takes usually a little bit. 
depending on how the year is, to how long it takes me to get over it, and then I can start enjoying Same. other people's postseason play. That's the worst part about losing in like the lead eight in the final four. You can't really enjoy the the final four of the championship game when that happens if it's your favorite team that loses. That way. To I, me, I mean, for me, I can't. Last night I was just like, I can't wait until I like can stop watching this team play basketball. Like, I to this day still have never watched the Illinois North Carolina final game. Oh, I watched it. It was a great game. Not me. I was. I, I I I didn't I had no desire I just couldn't I didn't want to watch it I just it, it made me sick. It it does help like for me like I'm I'm doing the like I hired again to do the postseason coverage for SB Nation which well, is really yeah, fun. Well you're getting paid. And, like you get back into it like that's there's something to be said for that but it it still it feels so overwhelmingly wrong. I mean it's the first day of March. This is supposed to be the start right. This is supposed to be the start of the best time of the year around here. Yeah, this is John Rothstein's like, great climate. Rocking New Year's yeah. Eve, rocking rocking March Eve. Like we got great weather out there. I always think of this time yeah. of the year as like like I remember vividly when we beat West Virginia to win the Big East outright in 2009. Like that great day it was so uncharacteristically warm. You got the the blooms start, and I remember just being so excited. Like this is this is when it all happens. Now we get Selection Sunday. We got the Big East tournament coming up. We got and like it's that time of the year. And now we're sitting here, and I'm like. A week from now, it's probably going to be over, and I expect it, and I'm not that sad about it. It's just this is not the way that it's supposed to be, and it's never the way that it was until the last couple of years. We've gotten, we've, we also fall into this trap where it's like, well, it's been bad for for seven years. Not like this. No, no, this is not, this, this makes last year look like 1990, 1986. Let's not. I mean, and last year is the the only year besides the year that we self-imposed the postseason ban that we were at this point in the season, and we knew that we weren't going to play in the NCAA tournament unless something crazy happened. I mean, two years ago at this time, we all thought we were like a lock. We all thought like we're on the bubble, but we're going to make the NCAA tournament. The year before that, which is conveniently forgotten as well, we were fighting for like a top three, top four seed in the NCAA tournament. We wanted to win the conference tournament. We had an outside shot at winning the regular season title. The year before that, we knew we were in the NCAA tournament. And we wound up being in the NCAA tournament. The year before that, we still had a shot with David Padgett. And the year before that, we were a two seed. Like, it's not this whole, like, well, it's been terrible for a long time. It's been terrible for two years. It's been abysmal for one year. Like, this is, it did not need to get this bad. And I, I'm kind of sick of that becoming a thing where it's like, we were always headed to this point. No. It hasn't been up to our caliber, for sure. But it hasn't been, it, it's never been 4-26 and 26 or anything in the general vicinity of that up until these last two years. Other than these last two years in my entire lifetime, the only two times that, I mean, really, in 25 years, we, we this is the first two times in 20, literally 25 years. Because even look at Patino's first year, he went 19 and 13. I mean, you could still, I don't remember as well, but you could still go into the selection Sunday. There was game. some, like, weird thought. I think if we'd beaten Marquette in that Conference USA tournament quarterfinal, people said that that would have gotten us in. You, you could but least, the only year that we knew, like, 06, we knew we were out. Well, we were, we had, we had, we were, we, we were decent then. We, we had better, won five. We, we had to win our last game on a budget beater to get into the Big East tournament. We were the 12th seed. We had no chance. Yeah, and that, didn't we give you a Pittsburgh, I think, or something? Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah, because that, that was like that little span where they were dominating us, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, they beat us in the Big East tournament our first three years in the league. But even that, I mean, even that, you still have more hope than you do the last two years. I mean, even in the, even in Crumb's first ever losing season in what it was, 91 or whatever it was, we went to the Metro Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Really, I mean, yeah, the, the, the last crumb year was like the I mean, even then, the, people, not even the last crumb year, like or two of the last, like the, the, the two 12 win crumb years. The last one in 01, I remember even then, people were like, they're hosting the tournament at Freedom Hall. It's Denny's last year. There's a chance that magic, some magic could happen. Kenny Martin breaks his leg. And 
I was there for the, no, that was the year after that. That was the year before that. Oh, that was your four K. Because that was we went to the tournament that year. Yeah. But I, mean, oh, I just remember being at Carbo Heroes when that happened and being so excited oh, running one, around. I went to that game that we lost to UAB and it was like the most unfitting ending ever. Like the team just played like absolute crap. And then Tulane, who was the twelve seed, Danny's like about to take the mic to say farewell. And like Tulane comes running out the court with her band playing and Denny just puts it down and walks off. I'm like, this is the least fitting ending for a Hall of Famer of all time. But there was like there was some thought going into that tournament. I think we'd beaten a couple of teams we weren't supposed to beat right before the end of the regular season. Like there was some thought that they could make a run. You're right, this like just total lack of any sort of hope these last two years is completely foreign to us. And even last year makes this I mean, this year makes last year look like what we just described those last couple of times. Yeah, we won more than three times as many games last year <laughs> as we did as we have this year. This, this, yeah, it's... Texas, I'm 90% sure that Kenny's practices are just him rolling a ball on the court and saying, figure it out on your own. Why aren't you figuring it out on your own? Yeah, you're still starting. I picture more him telling them what they need to do but not properly showing them. I don't know what to I mean. I'm not there, so I don't know. I mean, people who go to practice who I've talked to are like, he's in control. He's talking the whole time. He's very hands-on. Like, th- th- I haven't heard the same types of things that that we kind of heard sometimes last year, where it's like people are fighting, they're not paying attention, they're just talking back. I hear good things from people who go to practice. I just don't know how it. Like, none of that translates to the games. I don't understand it. I I don't. I mean, we heard. I, I trust Jay Wright when he's on the national broadcast for whatever game it was that we played on CBS. It was Kentucky, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, I think it yeah, was. Cause remember, I, we joked about this is the winner of the game. Gets right, right. Exactly. Year, yeah. you're, you're you're totally right. He was saying like I, you know, was there for their walkthrough. I listened to them at the team hotel. Like he has a good game plan set up. Like I don't think Jay Wright would just say that to say it because it's a the fraternity of coaches. Yeah. But something's just not just not translating at all, and it hasn't been fixed at any point this season. Um. Texture says yeah the the Eric Cartman is. How do I reach these kids is is very much an appropriate combination. Really, to me, it's I mean, being like Scott, whatever his name is, that he found that he is Kate's Tenorman. Tenorman, yeah, that's how I feel. Texas and what we can break on this one. I hate to be a negative nympho. I don't think that's the right terminology. <laughs> but KP has shown no energy or articulated any strategy or identity. I feel bad, but I think we may be better off again being awful next year and then firing them so we don't waste three to four years learning what we already know. Luckily, if you make the right hire replacement, it shouldn't take too long to, re- to to turn things around unless you get Kenny Payne again. It does kind of feel like we're in a similar space as we were going into to last football season. Remember where it was like, if we're going to be bad, be really bad, just so there's there's no no bones about whether what the next move should be. The worst thing is us being six and six, and of course we flirted with six and six the whole year. But like, for me, next year, because this season has been so atrocious. The worst thing for me is that we could go like we could win 12 or 13 games and people would try to be like, well, we've won 10 more games than we did last year or eight more games than we did last year. Significant improvement. You're only going to see more improvement in year three when like I feel like that's an unfair thing to do. And it's why I still maintain like year two at a place like Louisville with now no NCAA cloud, you should be in the NCAA tournament or very, very close to it. If he had won 12 games this year, and we all were like, well, it was it's not good, but it's a it's a decent first. It's kind of like last year. It's it's not the worst thing we've ever seen. And then he won 12 or 13 games again next season. Nobody would be celebrating that. Nobody would be saying signs of progress. Nobody would be saying this is why you've got to be patient. And that's exactly what's going to happen if this winds up playing out next year, especially if he has some decent recruits waiting in the wings for the 2024 class. 
I just think that, look, if next year's going to, to be bad, you want it to be bad enough so that everybody's on the same page that, like, we've got to move on. And nobody wants that to happen. Everybody wants him to overachieve. We want him to be the guy. But it, it has to start. You've got to see significant signs in year two. We were keeping a basketball coach who has a win total that would get our football coach fired. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. It's not a bad point. We're like, Satterfield can only win six games. We're like, well, Kenny's got four. I mean, but... he did 30 compared to 12. <laughs> It is kind of mind-blowing that this is a debate. You know, it's 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 a wild thing. All right, we'll go to break. We'll come back. More from you guys on the text line at 502-414-1450. Download that refreshing rewards app from Thornton's while you're at it. We'll be right back here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I mean, I was going to go TJ Angst, but or Teenage Angst, excuse me, not TJ, Teenage Angst, but I might save that for like Monday after the Virginia game or on Tuesday, on Wednesday after the season. I guess it's technically officially over, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was just like, after doing KRC this morning, I was like, this is like sad country music day. There are these weird moments where I watch the, the team or I look at anything that's a write up about Louisville where like you see the record and. It's sort of like doing TV with Master P. We're like, there's no way this is real. This isn't actually happening. Four and twenty-six feels like a completely made-up thing. It's like you're you're playing a video game, and you're on this the hardest level for the first time, and you just haven't figured it out yet, and you're just like trying to get through it. Like that's the only way that I could have ever envisioned Louisville being four and twenty-six in my entire life. It's March first. We have four. We've we've seen Louisville win a game four times this year. 
we we had more wins. We've had mind. more wins in a in a, in a postseason tournament. Well, I think we had more wins in a postseason tournament like four years in a row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine like somebody like waking up from a coma for like the last like four years and like you tell them Louisville's four and twenty six? I couldn't imagine waking up from a coma five months ago and you telling me that Louisville was four and twenty six. I'd be like, no way. They have at least ten wins. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I, I just I don't. everyone gets ten wins, right? I mean, Louisville surely to God gets ten wins. I mean, we made fun of Kentucky for only getting nine in a shortened COVID season, and it was like the funniest thing of all time. They went nine and sixteen. I mean, Pegues and Chris Mack both coached half the games that that Kenny uh, did this year, and both had more. They wins. both had more wins. They both had more wins. Before we go back to the text line, I don't know if you you followed this at all, but Antoine Davis, who's the son of Mike Davis at Short yeah. Mercy. He's been scoring buckets. He's used the COVID year. He's a fifth-year senior. He scored 38 last night in Detroit's Horizon League first-round game. They beat Purdue-Fort Wayne by by 13. They play the top seed, Youngstown State, on Thursday. Penguins. If he scores 26 points, he'll break Pete Maravich's all-time record. He'll become the all-time leading scorer in the history of college basketball. It's one of those... I'll get your thoughts in a second. I feel like I did when I would see the, the stats about Malik Cunningham. Like, he's right there behind Lamar Jackson. I'm like, well, Lamar played like two and a half years. This is Malik's fifth and a half season. Like, Pete Maravich played three seasons of college basketball. No three-point line. No three-point line. Antoine Davis is a primar- is primarily a three-point shooter. He's played five years against lesser competition in the Horizon League all, all five years. It, it, I want the. He seems like a, a good kid. I kind of want the accomplishment for him. It's exciting news, obviously, for college basketball, but it also just feels sort of wrong. It feels like he's going to be like years down the line when you get a trivia question, like who's the all-time leading scorer in, th- in college basketball? And people always go Pete Maravich. Go no, Antoine, Antoine Davis. You're like, huh? <laughs> like, well, really? I mean, he he's played in 143 games. Pete Maravich played 83. That's nuts. I mean, he's. <laughs> Weirdly enough, Maravich has taken more field goal attempts than 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 Antoine Davis has. Really? He took thirty one uh, three thousand one hundred sixty six. Davis is at two thousand nine hundred sixty one. Now, of of those, Davis uh, wore one thousand five hundred fifty threes. Okay. So nearly ha- over almost half his shots. It probably more actually has more than half his shots. Um, another big difference. Uh, Maravich took a lot, over a thousand free throw attempts. Davis is at seven hundred, just over. So I mean they're. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I got a question for you. Here, let's see. How many? Can you name any of the other top five scores in college basketball history? Um, and for the record, only Chris top, Clemens won. Eleven men have scored over three thousand points. I know Clemens and the the, Chris, the kid from South Dakota State did it the same year. Chris Clemens is number four. Uh-huh. Matt Dom, who you're referring yeah. to, is over three thousand. He's at number eight. Uh, for some reason, I thought I knew Clemens ended up on top. I thought, I thought they ended up both being top five. No, uh, number three uh, from nineteen to nineteen seventies, Freeman Williams of Portland State. I wouldn't have gotten that. He played with the Blazers for a while as well. Uh, my man, one of my favorite players as a kid, L Train, Lionel Simmons, number five. Okay, and then you have. At least uh, Clemens was five. No, Clemens is four. Okay, Simmons is five. Alfonso Ford. I don't know if you remember him. Played at Mississippi Valley State. He played in the NFL for or NBA for a while. Uh, six. Doug McDermott seven. Harry Kelly nine. And then Hersey Hawkins. I remember writing. Hersey Hawkins is at 3,008. I remember writing that up when Dom and, and Clemens both cracked the 3,000-point the club. So I remember Hersey Hawkins being there. For some reason, I have a total blank on Freeman Williams. 
Well, he played, he, he, like I said, he played 74. He only played, like, I think he played two years at Portland State, and he played somewhere else, too, I think. Uh, no, he played all four years at Portland State. Dan Mang's up there somewhere. I know he that. is number 12. He's right outside the the the, the top, the, the 3,000 list, as okay. I like to say it. Uh, he is at 2,951, right behind Oscar Robinson. Oh, very close. Did you know that Oscar Robertson ever tri- triple double? Have you ever heard that? You ever heard that before? Yeah, when it mattered. I mean, we had like six people do it in the last few years now. <laughs> what Alan Houston's number twenty. Well, that's he'd be Louisville's all-time leading scorer if he came here. Well, he didn't. He also wouldn't have shot forty-five times a game like he did at Tennessee for those terrible teams. <laughs> and we also would we'd all be in a better spot if Alan Houston had come here. Yeah, Perry Clark brought that up. <laughs> I, it made me made me mad at him. Perry, dude, Hank Gathers is twenty-three. That's yeah, insane. That is insane. This is twenty-five. But Antoine Davis, yeah. shooting for that tomorrow. Something to keep an eye on as the conference tournament week kicks into Does high he get gear. He's uh, so I looked at this earlier today for a story that's coming out. He scored 32 the first time they played him. He did not have a good game the second time they played him. But Youngstown State's a bad defensive team. They we played this Youngstown State's team I think three or four years ago with the same coach because they they're a program they've never been good. They'd won 20 games once before this season in the history of their program. He's built them up, but he was supposed to be a defensive minded coach, but they're not good defensively this year. So my guess is because Detroit's not going to win the game, I don't think. No, I mean, Detroit's 14 18, and this is their conference tournament game. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's the they won their first game last night. This is the quarterfinals now. Okay. Youngstown State's the top seed. I I think Detroit makes it all this entire game about breaking the record. Because let's let's be perfectly honest. If you're talking about things that could benefit the program the most long-term. If Detroit wins this game, it's, it's a big upset. They still probably don't win the conference tournament, even though the Horizon League gets weird. But if you have the all-time leading scorer in college basketball history, that's attached to your program forever. I would actually argue that that's more important than winning this game, is getting the record for Antoine Davis. I don't know if Mike Davis goes into this game with that philosophy or that mindset, but I think they're going to find a way to get him 26 points tomorrow. So I think it probably happens. 25 ties at 26 sets a new record. Probably the last time uh, Detroit even made the tournament was when they had a father-son combination as well. Coach really? Ray McCollum. Oh, that's right. That was back in 2012. Yeah, I remember, I remember Ray McCollum playing for his dad there. I just didn't realize that was their last tournament appearance. I'd forgotten they made Before the that was in 90, bad back-to-back 98-99 under Perry Watson. I don't think his kid was on the team, though. No, it doesn't look like that. <laughs> Harry Watson. Other than that, you always think of Detroit being like, what, they were dick by tail coached? That's the only thing. I mean, yeah. That's kind of like... <laughs> and then dropping the Mercy recently and trying to. People still call them Detroit Mercy. They're not Detroit Mercy? They're supposed to be just Detroit. Even even reference has them as Detroit Mercy. Well, I'm not shocked the reference is wrong. Well, I'm going with them. In this case, they're right. <laughs> uh, 502-414-1450. The Thornton no, Colonel time. Sanders. They're right. <laughs> We've been taking thoughts from you guys this hour after we shared our thoughts on last night's game and Kenny Payne's comments afterward. Uh, now it's, it, it's your thoughts. Here we go. Uh, Texas says, the longer that we keep Kenny... The closer we'll get to a complete destruction of the program. I, no, this, again, I. You bring in the right coach, it won't. You bring in, I'm not saying we're pretending, but you bring in someone who I know it's hard to find, but someone that could be another next team or something like that, they will have this. They can turn it around very quickly. Uh, Texas says, which is why I'd have no, <clears throat> no, no uh, patience beyond next season for Kenny Payne. The problem though is like, you have to find the right coach. And I, I think I we're I think we're starting to realize how hard that is. We got lucky, maybe lucky's the wrong word, but a when when Crum w- was in the process of taking the program and it was diving into to depths that we didn't think it was going to ever get to, and it looked like it was on a downward trajectory. Still, like we got 
the only guy out there who was a surefire bet. Like like Rick Pitino, I know he flopped with the Celtics, but you he'd won a national title in college. He'd yeah. succeeded everywhere that he'd been in college. You knew he was going to win at Louisville. He was the perfect guy for that situation, and he might be the best college basketball coach of his generation. Like he is the creme de la creme. There's not a guaranteed Rick Pitino out there right now. You may think that you have the right guy out there. No, you, may, you need to find the next. You need, you to, need find. to find, but it, there's no guarantee that it's going to happen. No, like, that's my point. Is it's I mean, very hard. And even when you think, when you have a universally applauded hire, like say Archie Miller in Indiana, there's still a solid chance that it flops. Indiana's thought they've had the right guy like seven times now, and they have not been in the the, the same realm as they think that they should be on an annual basis. I, I'm not big on Woodson either. I just think he's got a very talented team, and yeah, that futures bet that you made not looking great now. Oh, no, yeah, they lost. Yeah, last night was yeah. bad. I, dro- I dropped him from like the three seed to the six seed too. I've been talking like you. We both have been very high on Indiana. I think for like three weeks I've been like, I'm. I don't care if they lose this game. I'm still good on Indiana. Last night was the first time where I was like, well, this is. In fairness, though, they 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 clearly have matchup problems with Iowa because Iowa beat them both. We swept them this year. Well, I mean, they're gonna play teams like like Iowa in the NCAA I know, tournament I know. that are better than Iowa. Did Fran McCaffrey's referee stare down change their entire season for the better? They've been dominating since that. Why does he not stare down a referee? I assume you've seen the video. I have not seen him do this. You I've... haven't seen the stare down? Well, Fran McCarthy's got like... The... Oh, but this is a different level. Just, just... Like the fact he didn't throw something is an accomplishment. Just search Fran McCaffrey's stare on Twitter, and I'm, I guarantee you're going to see it. I didn't, yeah, I listened to some of the broadcasts last oh, night. It's a, on the way no, home, this this but... wasn't last night. This was the game that they played over the weekend. And they oh, were, okay. When they, they made up a 10-point deficit in the final minute against Michigan State, biggest uh, second biggest upset or comeback in a final minute in the history of college basketball... Like, since he did that, they're outscoring opponents by 45 or something like that. Like, it's the stare that changed the season. You're going to love this. Anyway, Texter says, I've never heard a coach throw his team under the bus more than Kenny Payne does. It's beyond ludicrous. He said, some fans are disappointed. Some, F that, don't effing attempt to gaslight us with that lame crap. I'm done with this clown. It's strong, but... I mean, I mean some there are some fans out there, and I hear, that, that aren't like disappointed or, or that are that see this as just part of the process that see that think it's going to be just totally fine. It's going to be a dumb question. You're going to laugh at me here. How do you spell McCaffrey? No, I, I ain't worried about that. It comes off on Google. Okay. Like when you're doing stairs and stairs, somebody how, how's the, is that S T A R E? Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Not the word that I thought you were going to need help with spelling, but well, I mean, I just couldn't remember if that was like the, the actual way that you spell that, you know, I don't know. Just, Read a text. <laughs> Texas, honestly, I'd be less worried about the program if Kenny Payne didn't do press conferences because oh. whenever he speaks, he seems like he has no confidence, no idea where to go or what to do. If telling them what to do doesn't work and no degree of urgency to fix anything. This is glorious. All of those things is what kills any hope that I have in him turning us back into a nationally relevant program. He... There is yet to be a press conference this year that I've listened to, whether it's pregame, postgame, what have you, where I've left feeling much better about this team or the future of the program. I liked a lot of what he said before the start of the season. I thought there were some some really good times where I thought he, you know, he, he did what you're supposed to when you're in his situation. He played up the, celebrated the program, brought the former players back, talked about what he was going to do big picture, talked about changing the culture. All the things that you do when you walk into a situation at a proud program that has fallen on some hard times. In season, it hasn't been, the messaging hasn't been good. It, it hasn't been good enough. And I guess 
reasonable minds can disagree on that. For me, he hasn't said things that have comforted me and that make me think that he has a set plan to get us out of this, to make this better, and to make this better in a hurry. And that's like the texture says. That's that's my big concern. Do you like the stare down? Oh, it was beautiful. I told you he's the man's a mania. I, I was I, upset the assistant coach came and grabbed him because he, he he I think he was going to make the referee go first. It was like it was an alpha dog stare down. The referee stepped to him a little bit. Oh, he did. He took a step yeah. up and he he didn't budge. Like I don't know if I'd count Fran for losing that one because the like I said the assistant came and got him and was like we got to go. But he because I don't think he was going to. I think they were going to have to whistle blow and. He's going to make that referee move first. I said that's like me at nighttime now where my kids have just stopped eating. It's like me when I tell Virginia she has to have four bites of dinner before she can play with toys again. And she's just like stared at me. She's like, no. I'm just like, st- I'm like, I'm blocking her path to like the, the living room. You got to. I'm like, no, sit down, eat the dinner. And and, and to what the texture said, and he said, I know I said, I, I, this is be, beating a dead horse. I've said this a hundred times, but like, I didn't want the season to end the way it did, but I, he said in the beginning of the year, I want, I'm kind of glad we have the team we do because we're going to see, we're going to learn more from Kenny Payne with this team as a head coach, I think, than we would learn if we'd brought in Tyra, Ty, you know, Hunter and, 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 and a dozen, you know, really good recruits maybe in the first. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to have had it. Wouldn't turn it down right now in a heartbeat. But at least with the situation we were, we were going to have and the cards that were being dealt, no pun intended, like, I felt like we were going to learn more about Kenny and, I hope you're wrong. We've we've learned. I mean, I hopefully you know he's going to learn too. But again, the, like, with that philosophy though, it, I mean, it doesn't make you feel good. The only way to to I guess grab optimism and it's why I think so many people are saying it to me, and you're seeing so many people say it on on Twitter and other sides. You just have to hope that it's all the kids. And I, I still don't think it. Ex- I, I know, I, and I don't. If you listen to any part of the show, you know that I don't buy into that. I know, I don't. And I'm not saying it's not. But you have to hope that we're wrong. That like we get rid of. Most of this year's roster, we bring in new kids, and it looks just like a, a 180 next season. It's completely different. They play hard. They have a fluid system. They have a system that works. Payne himself looks different. He's not just so frustrated by what's going on. I, I can't think off the top of my head of a situation where that's happened. Because, look, Kenny Payne's not the first coach to kind of imply or just outright say, I'm trying to get through to these kids and it's just not happening. Like that's typically the first sign that things aren't going to go well. And I'm just, just being real. Like think about Steve Cragthorpe. What are the signs? You're blaming the culture from the past regime. Yeah, when we get my kids in here, it's going to be we get good kids in here. It's going to be different. You're Coach, bl- coaching blame one Oh one. I blame mean, the, blame the past, yeah. blame the kids, start blaming the coaches. That could be next up. If we have a staff shakeup, there's a little bit of blaming the fans mixed in there as well. Mm-hmm. It very rarely happens that you have all those things. And then two or three years down the line, that head coach is saying, I told you so. Wasn't me. It was those kids. It was the guy before me. It was you for being a-holes. It was this, this, and this. And they're thriving. It almost always is a sign that this is heading towards a bad place. And I hope that th- I hope that this is the exception. Because right now, all those boxes are being checked. It's not my fault. 
I mean, there are some exceptions. I mean, I know you uh, fans don't want to hear Tom Crean was somewhat. I mean, he was able after winning six games that first year. But to, again, he had a roster that's not anything like he had. He had kids that they were picking up off campus, I know, I know. and they played hard that's as the hell. Part I know that they won more games too. And everybody knew what they were getting into. I I, I, did, I worked for Cumus. We were at home by you at the time. I, I worked the board for every. I know you, game. you you always so I, yeah. I listened to every game, and I mean, it just, I remember watching some of them, and like it it was so different than this. It was better, and everybody knew what they were getting into going into that season everybody like they were picked to finish last people knew they were yeah. going to have single digit wins nobody saw this coming no we were 11th in the conference picked to finish 11th which is the worst we've ever been picked to finish nobody thought we were going to win four games right now we just love you know what we'd give up to have 11th place right are you kidding now? me we'd have like 14 13 14 wins i'd have 500 dollars. you would <sighs> kenny bain owes me money Text- i should send him a bill text says oh the dog is still a good guy i hope this doesn't permanently mess up their gig i can't imagine it does the Texas lifetime tickets for the dog. Have him come out a doggy door to lead them onto the court before each game. What kind of dog? It was the dog look cute. What kind of dog was that? I couldn't even tell. I have no idea. Yeah. I felt bad for the dog. I want to feel bad for the dog. He needed to poop. Just yeah, poop. I felt bad for the dog at all. I felt bad for the person who had to clean it up. Yeah, it was. It seemed like an easy poop. It seemed like a a, a solid. It did. It well looked, put together yeah. poop. Not a whole lot of. I mean, we've all. Who hasn't been there? I just can't you, hold it anymore. You haven't. I, was, I, thought, I hell yeah, yeah. I thought you meant picking up poop. Cause you I know. Don't, you I, don't I pick I, up dog. I'm 100. Listen, I understand. I've I've had those moments. Where you just gotta. There's no stopping. You just gotta let it go. I like that you can better align yourself with the dog that had to crap in public than with the person who had to pick up the dog crap. Because you have crapped yourself in the last year, but you have not picked up dog poop in the last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's amazing. <laughs> I can see myself in that dog, not the person who goes and has to kick, pick up their crap off the floor. Um, I mean, I'll pick up dog poop if he poops in the house, but they don't do that anymore. Texas Scooter Dingus doesn't wear deodorant. Yeah, we've had this discussion, right? No. Okay. Oh no. I feel like I feel like Scoots. we. No. Okay. So he, today, someone texts that into the, the the KRC show, and apparently, this is something that has been addressed on multiple occasions, but yet some people still can't get over it, and I understand why. And they did that, and I was like, really? I, I don't know. I felt like I'd heard it before, but maybe I hadn't. I was like, really, Scoots? And he just, I mean, I, I told him he has to cut this out for a promo. Goes on just a like, 35, 45-second tirade about how he doesn't smell. It doesn't matter. Body odor? He's got like, I don't have BO. I'm sorry. It's just I got good genes, and I just don't have to sweat. And, of course, I came back with like, dude, you're sitting on a, on a telephone book to do the show right now to reach the counter. I don't think it's your genes that are so great. And uh, I had to make a short joke. You know me. I yeah. love it. He, he, I wish he'd make more fat jokes at me, but he's too, He's better than that. Amazingly, he's the bigger man in this case, ironically. And uh, so, he, yeah, he just goes on this angry t- – like, he's just so pissed that people don't get it. And I'm like, how do you not wear D- – I mean, because I know he wears cologne. I've smelt it. But, like, how do you not put deodorant on? I mean, like – like that's like Matthew McConaughey, but he's like tall, rich, and famous and handsome. Scoots is like broke, ugly, and short. I mean, he's got he's got to put some deodorant on, man. Well, I mean, you've been around Scoots. TD's been around Scoots. Has anyone complained about him? I've smelling? never noticed it. No. Maybe he doesn't smell. I mean, but still, like I don't know. If I don't put on deodorant for like a few hours, like, like I I notice it. I can smell myself. I'm a day. If I don't wear it for a day, I'll notice it. If I like haven't, because you and I both like we both. I like to shower at night. Now, yeah, if I'm, I'm going somewhere person, during yeah. the day besides just here, I'll, I'll shower before then. But, like, if I forget, if, if I put it on at night before I go to sleep, 
and then forget to put it on in the morning, I'll notice in the afternoon. That oh, I put it on after a shower and then when I wake up. Yeah, I, I always sometimes I'll forget because I'm like I'm running down like I'm hearing a commotion down with the kids, and then I'll realize I'm like oh my god, I don't, like I always notice if I've gone gone like 12, 16 hours. Now are you a, what what kind of dude are, are, are you? Do you stick? Are you just a, all over the place? What are you stick to a certain? Are you the white powder roll? I mean, no, not the powder guy. I'm. Are you the spray? Do people still use deodorant, spray deodorant? I, I never got it. Is the Axe body spray? Well, no, that's see, that's that's not deodorant though. That's just like cologne to me. See, I never use it. I never knew it. I thought, I thought it was like a replacement that's in a long for deodorant. Can, you know that you. No, I, I go. I, oh, I've was, always been a stick guy. I, it was. It had its main base, small popularity in the '80s. I was never one. I think my, I think I had it in my house one time. I hated it. I feel like my dad maybe had that for probably. A but I don't. Even I always know. just go like Old Spice, just standard like different smell. Like oh, so like the uh, the. So I say I'm a gel guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a Gillette gel gel deodorant guy. Gel guy. Yeah, the gel deodorant. You never seen it? No. Where it comes like, it's like sticky. Yeah, it's like a it's like a gel. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's not like a stick. It's not a stick. It's it comes out in gel. Oh. I've, I've been using it just like as long as I've been using cool water cologne. Cool water cologne. Oh, I'm still I still I have like five bottles of cool water at the house. Cause I buy it, everything in bulk. Does anybody still buy Abercrombie Woods? No, responsible I, for every teenage pregnancy from 1998 through 2010. Hey, cool water got me late in my freshman year, and it's, I've been using it ever since. I'm a loyal guy. Cool water and Master P. <laughs> Unstoppable combo. You we, still make cool water. I buy it. I believe you. Before we go to break, <laughs> do you remember the the guy, Ronald Bell was his name, who tried to extort Josh Pastner a few years ago? No, I don't know. ring a bell for something. He made the claim that Pastner had like raped his wife and did all this terrible stuff. And then also, he was the one who dropped the ball to the NCAA that like players had been hanging out with him in his Las Vegas resort and he'd been giving them these improper benefits. And apparently, remember, it all stemmed from he got mad at Pastner for not calling him and wishing him happy birthday on his birthday. Yeah, I was none of this sounds like anything Pastner would do. <laughs> Which is why, like, it was pretty like quickly proven wrong like, yeah I mean, the only reason i remember the rape thing was because it, the story broke right before he was supposed they were playing us at little and i was like well i'm sure that he won't be coaching tonight it broke like two hours before tip-off and then he was and then it became really clear that the guy making this claim was just completely full of it but anyways that. this guy ronald bell yeah he now has pleaded guilty to a charge of conspiracy to commit extortion uh, the quote from the U.S. attorney is the defendant tried to extort Georgia Tech and egregiously tarnished the reputation of the university's coach with a false claim of sexual assault. By his guilty plea, he acknowledged the lie and his criminal conduct and will now face the consequences of his crime for his crime. Mm-hmm. This is the same guy who basically got Georgia Tech banned from the NCAA tournament. And then they they revoked the ban at the last second because they realized that a lot of this stuff was bogus. And as much as we make fun of, of Josh Passner, clearly a, a fake rape charge is nothing no, to joke not about. And that's yeah. horrible. And I can't imagine what he's been going through. And this guy, this guy transferred somewhere that I don't remember. Or... No, he, he's not a player. He, he's, he's like a, Oh, I thought it was a player. I'm sorry. No, this is like Passner's friend. He like, Oh, okay. Maybe that's why I don't remember. I just, yeah, it was a big story a few years ago. Yeah. It was, the, the, the hook to the story was he was this guy who was kind of like a, right-hand man for Pastner, like, helped out with program stuff at Memphis and Georgia Tech, and then got mad at him because he didn't wish him a happy birthday and extorted him and made all this stuff up and kind of dropped the, 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 a few bags and then told the NCAA about it. All right, anyway. I sure wish you happy birthday now. I don't want to yeah, yeah, do yeah. to me, man. I'm no Ronald Bell. I don't think I could, I don't think I could ever do – I could not care less. We'll go to break when we come back. 5 o'clock hour is up next. We can rehash some of our thoughts from the first hour on last night's game and the overall state of Cardinal basketball, and we'll take more text from you guys. Only Thornton's text on at 502-414-1450. Keep it like right here. More Rutherford Show up after this on The Big X. May the start, and it was hard. We lived and learned, 
Life through curves, there was joy, there was hurt, remember when. Sad country songs is how funny you think they are. Like every time one starts, you just start giggling. And that's the trouble with a heartbreak. I have no idea what we're talking I know that part. I don't know any of that part. It's all going to list of sad country songs. I'll slow you around all these years. Very sad songs. I didn't know Jason Aldean was bad. Sad country songs for a sad start to March here. Welcome to the 5 o'clock hour here at the Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961 The Big X. Hopefully you're off work enjoying the nice weather and not thinking about Louisville basketball, which is hard to do this time of the year. We're, we're all struggling with this. We're trying to get through it. The good thing about this year, and I say, this, I, I say this after we have just slogged through two hours of woe is me and anger and every negative emotion you could think of, at least we have put off spring football until it's going to start later this month. Okay. We'll have the spring game in April. Like, I know that spring football and spring games are not everyone's cup of tea. They're not my cup of tea, if we're being honest. It's just, nah, I think it's a little bit overblown. Sure. But this year, with Jeff Brom, mm-hmm. some new quarterbacks, I want to see Pierce Clarkson. Yeah. I want to see, you know, Caleb Johnson, does he actually exist? Can he play? I want to see some of these new transfers that we have coming in. Like I'm ex- I just want to talk about anything besides the U of L men's basketball team. We can't let ourselves get overexcited because, you know, I'm overexcited. Plumber makes over 500 yards in its spring game. I'm overexcited. I, I will. I need something to latch on to. I'm going to put my claws into that spring game, whatever happens. If Plumber throws for like 112 yards and three interceptions, we have the best defense in America. Yeah. Brian what Brown's, happens to get rid of Brian Brown? Brian Brown's gone. It is, it's addition <laughs> by subtraction. We're going to be fine. Ron English is going to be the head coach at Notre Dame next year. Like, I, I'm going to overreact <laughs> to anything I can in a positive way for this team just because I can't. I need something to feel good about. Well, you've got all this positive, like, homerism just, like, built up over the last four months. You haven't been able to release it. it. I, need, I need to release it. I want to feel good about something. Yeah. I saw the Bucks are now waving uh, Sandro Mamou Kalashvili, one of the greatest names in recent college basketball history. I was about to say, why, I mean, does, he, does it matter as effective as a player? I mean, No, he's, yeah, it just makes me sad because he was great at Seton Hall, and I finally learned how to say his name for podcast and radio stuff. And say it. Sandro Mamou Kalashvili. Good job. And now he's gone. He's not a buck anymore. I could have used that on the Truth Show with Master P. I could have brought that up. Oh, Go Bucks. A core four. Emmanuel Cor. You nailed a core four. Once you got it core down. Four. Once you got it down. You I can were, do Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't think you can. I used I used to be. I don't think you can. Based on that right there. Joking. I'm going to say you can't. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh crap! I know I used to be able to say it. You you can't. Greek freak. (laughs) You clearly can't say it at all. 
and yet you keep trying. <laughs> Say it again. I want to, I want to see you try to. <laughs> like I'm in like middle school gym again. Like, come on, keep trying, fat boy. I want to see you do it. Let's Ante laugh the, at him. Onto the Kumpo. Onto the Kumba. Onto the Kumba. Kumpo. Onto the Kumpa. Po. Close enough. Pow, right? Onto the Kupo. Onto the Kupow. Onto the Kupa. Neither one of us are ever good at it. I remember have we had uh, Katie George on the show before like, Gore when, when she first got the Bucks job, and I was like, "Have you practiced pronouncing Giannis's name yet?" And she's like, "About a million times. I've got it down now. If you had that job, you would have to do it like a hundred hundred times a yeah. night for like three weeks before you just knew it." I, I, I and to God, I swear, I did have it down at one point when I would years ago when I was still playing like two K, and I'd hear the announcer say his name over and over playing the Bucks in a game. Like it got, I, I at one point I did be able to have it down, but I haven't played 2K in like a few years, so there you go. That's the reason. Uh, Scoot's texting. I'm just seeing this now. Oh, I'm not to wear deodorant. So oh, Scoot's, God. Scoot's claims that he has no natural body scent, so he doesn't have to wear deodorant. Um, he says he'd be well, great he, to take Jurassic Park, right? He did text us earlier about the Antoine Davis thing. Uh, Antoine Davis is on the verge of setting breaking uh, Pistol Pete Maravich's scoring record for college, becoming the all-time leading scorer in college basketball history. If he scores 26 points tomorrow. In the Horizon League quarterfinals, he'll set the new record. Uh, Scoot said, I'm torn on the Antoine Davis thing, too, but how cool would it be to have the NBA and NCAA scoring records both broken in the same season? I, I didn't think about that. That is kind of crazy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, pretty wild. But he then said, I don't smell. And by the way, I'm in Henry County, and I'm still getting the big X. Look at that. All oh, the yeah. way out to, to the HC. He's got, he's, Scoot's is all over the place this week. He's telling me he's, he's doing all kinds. And he's got a doubleheader in Henry County tonight, play-by-play. He's, he's, doing, he's, he's working... He's the hardest man in, in, in play-by-play Southern Indiana show business this week. That's what he does. That's what he does. Uh, somebody sent in a, a post from the Jerusalem Post that said, you may never need to use deodorant. The answer is in your ear. There's a genetic mutation that prevents bad armpit odor. How to check your ears to see if you have this mutation or not. I feel like this is like somebody like looking for small writing on their hand before it gets smacked into their face. This seems fake. 90, 98% of us should use deodorant and must continue to use it. But yes, 2% of the lucky population probably just throws away money on, on deodorant. They can forego it and still feel fresh. I mean, even if you don't stink, wouldn't you want to put deodorant on just like, to smell a little better? Just to be safe. Just to be safe. I mean, do you not sweat? This article, this is like the biggest spam website. Ever. I can't get to what the actual test is. I know Scoots doesn't drink water. That but, seems bad. But I mean... Hey, if he's playing a game of basketball, he's going to sweat. I mean, there's no way he doesn't smell. He doesn't smell, and he doesn't drink water. I don't think those two things are, are go hand in hand. I just, I can't, I, don't, I can't grasp that. I can't either. Uh, anyways, I don't know where that, I don't know where that happened. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. We started the show, Trevor and I talking about our thoughts about last night's senior night loss to uh, Virginia Tech. We talked about Kenny Payne's post-game press conference, played some clips, reacted to that. The text line, I mean, I, I told you I knew exactly how the show was going to go. I was going to get mad. You were going to get mad. We are going to get upset. The text line was going to get upset. It was just going to be uh, another let's talk about it after show. And we've only got, I mean, I think if we lose to Virginia on, on well, when we lose to Virginia let's on Saturday. Let's talk about it, like, baby. Like let's Monday talk won't, about the cards losing. Monday won't be that type of show because we'll have the, the conference tournaments to talk about and mm. We'll talk briefly about it, but nobody's going to be angry. Last night was just such a kick in the junk, kind of a final kick in the junk on a night where you were hoping. We used to always win senior day. We now have lost two in a row by double digits. 
And then Kenny Payne coming out and saying that, you know, it's, it's not my fault, but it's my fault. I, I I take full responsibility, but here's the reasons why I'm taking no responsibility. Um, kind of angered people. And now it's just it's one last time to get upset about the way that things have gone. And then a week from now, it's probably going to be over. I mean, I think the kicker is the fact that it was what you needed to do to win a game in the last the last month was just hope the other team doesn't hit their shots when you give them open shots and they didn't. And yet we still. We just we just went back to November offense. I mean, and, and, and again, like I said, if it weren't for Mike James going to pure Terminator mode in the last end of the first half, I mean, God knows how many we was. I mean, he scored like twelve points in the last minute and a half of the first yeah, half. He did. And I, I mean, I love. I mean, because he's a bulldog. I, I've said it all year. I mean, the guys. He's just one of those guys that can puts his head down and bully his way to the rim, and just is a strong finisher. And I love that. He's a dude. And he's he. he, he yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys I talk about, you know, when I say that when they're, even when they're out of space, they, they, they you see the effort of them trying to make up for it, as well as Trainer, when the other guy that did the press game, post conference last year, uh, post, post game press conference last night. I mean, I, they, they are two, they are at the top of my list. Not, I would love to have Ellis back, but those two are top of my list of guys I want back next year. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people feel that way. I, I think that, yeah, it, it's, it's one thing to lose handily on senior night in a bad season. It's another to get your ass kicked by a team that's just not that good. Virginia they didn't even play well. They were 6-12. and 12. They didn't shoot the ball particularly well. They shot 37 point whatever percent from the field last night and won by 17 on yeah. our home floor on senior night. Ridiculous. It, it was just... Uh, I mean, we knew this was bad. I'm not... Every time that I think that I can't get more upset about a new low, it just it keeps happening, and that's we could actually finish still in the 14th spot, amazingly. No, not even us so tied. So we would need to we need to win on and them lose. We need to we need to beat Virginia, and then Notre Dame. I think I don't think they played last night. Um, they did not. They played tonight. They play Pitt. They're probably gonna lose that. And yeah, then they play Clemson on Saturday. So we would need them to to lose both those games, and then we got to beat Virginia, and then we'd be in the 14-11 game. Life is much better in the 14-11 game. Yeah, hiccups. I hate hiccups. Have you ever? Do you ever do like those cures? What are you doing? I don't think he's crossing his eyes and holding his breath. I think this is just a joke. This is a, this is a bit for radio. I don't think that you actually do this to do anything. Yeah, I cross my eyes, I hold my breath, and I count to like ten backwards. I didn't know you could cross your eyes. First of all, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you can. You <laughs> do we look like the stupidest people in the world? Do you? <laughs> you look hilarious. If you're trying to plan your your next Tuesday, if we are the 15 seed, which we can only, I think we we're now mathematically eliminated from being any better than Georgia Tech is locked into the, the 13. I've accepted the 15 seed. So let's just move on from there. If we're the 15, we play at 4:30, or we play 30 minutes after the first game, which is at two o'clock. So that's it's probably going to be more like 4:45, five. If we're the the 14 seed, we'll play at seven o'clock. So. Of course, we're going to be in the, the the one game that's going to wreck our show. Well, here here's the thing. This going to sound so bad. It's okay, just say it. I, we're fine. Now I'm just like, let's take the 15 seed. We play like the 4:30 game. We do a half day, and that might be the most that Louisville's given me all season. Is <laughs> let me take a break. A little bit of time off work. A random half day on a Tuesday is the most pleasure this team has. You given owe me. us this. All it's all I'm at. Yeah. I know you're going to lose. I'm going to go home and watch this lose. As if, like, we work so hard. But, I mean, still. I read, you know, Rick Bovis has just been very much 
pro Kenny Payne. He, I think he and Kenny Payne have a, a prior relationship, and he's been. He wrote a big thing the other day about like you know, Chris Mack's senior class. This was supposed to be their senior day, and like everyone, all these radio idiots got excited about this class, and then they all look stupid now because all those guys ended up sucking. I'm like, okay, man. He also wrote a thing the other day that was like three goals that Kenny Payne can still achieve in year one. I was like, okay, like this, let's, let's be positive. Let's look at it. And it was like, don't finish last in the ACC. I was like, well, that seems, oh, yeah. and then it was like, you can Next. beat Virginia tech on senior night. We already have done that. Win a game in the conference tournament. I think those were the three goals. Well, they might be mathematically obtainable there, Rick, but you know, that's not gonna, that doesn't mean it's going to be a very good chance of what happened. That's that's where we are these days. Once they say you yeah, wish in one hand and bleep in the other, see who spills up first. Your boy stays there, texted in. He still always calls me Mark. I'm now, since I said it the last time, I I know it's a bit at this point. I don't think it is. I literally, th- I don't think he knows your real name is Mike. Well, the last time I said it, and he responded to it afterwards, so now I know that he's. You doing think it that would make? You think that would matter? But it doesn't. He's not. <laughs> I've had mold, I've had enough conversations with Say to know that like. I could talk, and then he'll just like then he'll ask me something. I'll reply, and you can just tell he wasn't listening. And he'll just ask me another question at the end of it. Well, say says Mark, please have Trevor, the ultimate troll, explain why Kobe Bean Bryant is nothing more than Alex English that was lucky enough to play with Shaq and Pau Gasol. <laughs> the only difference between Kobe and Alex English was the, the teammates around him. Oh no, Kobe is the, the, the greatest trick Kobe ever pulled was convincing the world he was a, a, a such a great NBA player. He's a scorer and playing. I've seen I've seen lots of just pure scores in the NBA. There's been a ton of them, and not all of them all got to play with Shaq and be saved by Paul Gasol, and still got an MVP, MVP finals. That's the biggest misfort. I mean, the fact he got MVP of those finals is just a joke. That was Paul Gasol carried them in that series. Pretty insensitive. He did all he could. He did all he could to super, lose the series. Super insensitive right now. Put me on the stand at the, the lawsuit with the helicopter guy. I don't know. I mean, well, she, he lost. She got paid like two hundred thirty-eight and uh, whatever thousand dollars or million dollars. I think it was more two hundred thirty-eight thousand. It was a ridiculous. It was like, I think it was twenty-three point eight. Is that right? I think it was way more than two hundred thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. A million. Like, I don't even think. I don't even think Kobe Bryant's widow gets out of bed for two hundred thirty-eight thousand. I did like that she donated it all to a charity and did she? Gigi that, and Kobe you know family. what? Yeah. I, that I take. I take some mean things I've said about it in the past. Back. About Vanessa? Yeah. It was nice. Well, I mean, Way to be the bigger person. Well, not hard. $28.85 million. Whew. But, she yeah. She it at all. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't want him to pass, but I'm not going to, like, change my mind on him as a player just because he, he had the unfortunate incident. Pretty insensitive, man. Well, I'm insensitive. Super so insensitive. Be it. Yeah, just I'd rather be insensitive than ignorant. Texas, I really hope that someone isn't alone sitting, uh, listening to that right now, thinking of Louisville basketball. I think that was the... <laughs> The whiskey lullaby song. I wasn't ready for that. I my head and pulled the trigger. I'm like, what? I don't remember the imagery being so vivid. It was just, yeah, it, it, that was that was bad. That was probably the most depressing one I picked, obviously. Texas says, Payne needs time to grow as a head coach. It'll happen. He'll be throwing chairs in the court and getting ejected before you know it. I mean, maybe. I just have we seen him improve as how much of the, I mean we've seen the offense get better but I mean the fact it took like three months for it to start clicking is it's all concerning like that that should have been clicking it did in November a little bit more I mean it's yeah I, he had it and the thing that like we 
He was like, well, new team didn't have a full off. He had a full off season. We hired him before the NCAA tournament was over. We hired him in March. You had a full off season to work with this group. I mean, the, the only two players to come in and not be with them since he's been here since day one was what, Baselli and, and, and Ree? Fabio, yeah. Ree was a little bit late for, we still don't really know why. Fabio was a late addition. They couldn't get his transfer and cleared. A core four, of course. So. A core four, yeah. But so they're the only three. You had the core of this team together for... Since day one. Since the entire, for the entire summer for off-season workouts. Like, the fact that they weren't more ready. And I still think it's so strange that he would did the whole, like, we needed this loss after the, the little Ryan game. I'm like... What this team has to know that they're not nobody thinks they're good. It, no. It's not like they were preseason top twenty five. They had lower preseason expectations than any Louisville team in modern history. If they need them needing an exhibition game to quote wake up was such a huge, huge red flag. I think the reality was they didn't really need to wake up. They just weren't good. Like they weren't prepared at all for that. No, they weren't prepared. Um, I mean me and TJ argue on the talent level of this team and I think the answer is probably halfway between what we both ex- assume. But the talent's bad compared to where it should be for Louisville. It's not four and twenty-six bad. No, there's no, no excuse for that. No, and I will. I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I'll buy a lot of arguments. I will see the the merit in some of the arguments from people who think that things are going to get very much, like, very better, much better under Kenny Payne. But that one, I, I shake my head at anybody who's like, the roster, nobody could, because I hear this, no coach. Could win more than four games for this team, and I, I just could not disagree more. I bet you Rupino would have won 16 with this team. Texas, what do you think we would be saying if we were Colorado and not Louisville and finishing up a four-win season? It's Colorado. Let's go to the let's go to the dispensary. Yeah, I don't know what the. <laughs> I mean, Colorado, like Colorado's a football school anyway. I I mean, they're basketball they, they'd fans. Be talking about Deion Sanders, like we're talking about Jeff Brom. But I mean, they have enough. Like, they'd still be pissed. I, any power conference fan. Well, base, yeah, but they they don't follow. I mean, well, no, but that, that's like. But I'm still saying the the fans that do because we, we we can't talk about like just the average fan because the average fan doesn't care about whatever. True. Like the the fans that are listening to this show, the the people that have the same type of mentality at a place like Colorado or Cal right now who has three wins, they're pissed and th- they should be. Like, it, it's not at any power conference winning three or four games should be unacceptable. And Cal, and, uh, yeah, he said Colorado. I don't know why I went to Colorado. Did, did Dexter say Colorado? Dexter said Colorado. I think he, he, he maybe he Cal. probably met Cal. Yeah, I was like, Colorado isn't that bad. And Colorado is more football. I mean, Cal's more football, but Cal also does have a decent basketball tradition. They do. I mean, they I beat us in the tournament not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, I know it's few and far between between your Lamont Murray and Jason Kidd days. and you know, But they also went to three straight Final Fours in 1960 to 62 and won a national title. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. I don't think they they're probably not getting the backlash on a daily basis like Kenny does to the degree. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some people that are pissed in Berkeley. Thankfully, they're, they've got more dispensaries in Berkeley than they even do in Colorado, so they're they're okay. And they got other stuff to do too. I mean, it's Berkeley. It's a bunch of hippies, right? Texas, we are becoming IU. I think that's the comparison we we always get, right? I mean, yeah, you've got to hire the right coach. Got to hire the right coach. I mean, that's I, I and I don't think Cream is a bad coach IU. I just think they. He wasn't going to take them to the level that they want. They they think they should be, and they probably rightfully deserved it. I think about it, if they they won two Big Ten titles under Crane, if they had just had a little bit more NCAA tournament success, I think that era gets remembered totally differently. Yeah, yeah. If I mean, they had made the Final Four in 2013 and then lost to us or lost to whoever they played on the other side of the bracket, in I, Michigan, yeah. it would have been Michigan. They probably get like he gets a little bit more leniency, he gets a little bit more time, and the whole like. Because the whole, like, IU hasn't been relevant in forever 
is largely based on the fact that they have not been to a regional final since they made the championship game in, in 02. And that was a Cinderella run in a way. Exactly. And they, they, they have, I mean, they were a one seed in 2013. That was a better team than the team that went to the national title game in 02. But like we know program, reputation, status, all these narratives, it's all based on what happens in those three weeks of March. It just is. And they have not gotten it done in the NCAA tournament at all. And if you're Indiana, I mean, the thing I would question most is if, what if we just kept Kelvin Sampson despite that would ha- that and just let him, you know, kept him on through the probation. Yeah, now, especially since he's done what he's done since. I leaving. mean, yeah, you watched what he's done in Houston, and it's like you just can't help but wonder. I mean, Duke and coach. Yeah, could we? I mean, it would have been just worth keeping him on because especially when what he got on probation for is, was not even a probational, you know, a violation by the end of the next year. Yeah. Texas, uh-oh, Roush posted some super-secret KS board info to Twitter. Good thing I saw it before the delete. I hope he didn't get into too much trouble with Matt. Matt apparently like, came up today on KRC, too. So the the tweet was just supposedly like something negative about Wheeler, I think. Okay. Like something just negative. And a, like, <laughs> I heard a clip on KSR um, was sent to me. Uh, and like Matt just like, Talking about how like the, the the coaching staff is mad at it, you know everybody thinks, and how KSR is being too negative. He's like, I don't own the site anymore. He's like, and it's just not me. And he calls out Roush like into by name, as being this like over negative guy who needs to, like, like if you're gonna call Roush is the biggest Homer butt slapper we have at the station. Okay, now he's accepted. He knows it. He plays the role. If you're going to call anyone out for being too mean about a team or a player, the last person you need to call is Nick Roush. He's doing the Kenny Fan thing, right? Like, I, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit down, but like everybody else is too. Let me tell you about all these other people and all this other stuff that's happening. I mean, it's. I mean, Matt has to know at this point that he drives the, the ship. Like, he's the. When he's being critical of John Calipari, it matters more that he is than these other people, right? Like, that's. That's the way it goes. I mean, it's like somebody in like the the disciples being like, "Hey, we're committing sinners. Look at that Jesus guy. He's a sinner. He's the biggest one." It's like, no. <laughs> a lot of times, religious comparisons don't really hit. That one, I think it it it's a land that, that works. I buy that. He is sort of the he's Kentucky Jesus. He's just, yeah, he's so positive about everything. It's the same. Hey Matt, we know it's just Cal's mad at you. You're mad at him. Just let's. Why are we having this like Jerry Springer? relationship on live on in the public just get it over with just kiss and make up my wife just sent me a picture of my daughter completely passed out in a chair in an impossible position which means like upside down yes pretty much like we need to wake her up did you ever do that when your kids sit, falls in weird down, like, sit down upside down though where you're hanging like the... no oh just like for fun yeah yeah i never oh, fell yeah, asleep yeah, like no, that but i would i, would, that way. I still bat. do i still do like just like put my head down sometimes on couches no not only can but like like literally sitting like where you're upside down your head's hanging off like the, the edge of the couch and you're yeah. like looking at the room upside down you yeah. still do that now sometimes yeah i did that. i don't think i'd get back up get a little bit of blood in the head she also knows like John's like sitting there just like staring at John is so so John like he he's starting to say more I you're on the air and she's sending you kids pictures. yeah she, he's starting to say more the best thing about like kids learn dog, like he he doesn't know a lot of the words he's trying to say but he's so confident like he he is, pops he's got a lot well, that's not true at all he's got a lot more talking about me I would love to have <laughs> I was gonna say he I would love to have for him to have your confidence and not mine but he we're like 
what does the 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 cow say? He knows moo pretty well, but like we're like, what does the lion say? And he's like, bah! Like he just, there's no doubt in his mind that he's got, he's nailing. Well, in, fair, in fairness, he's probably in his early life watching you play watching a lions game, and that's the noise you make. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why he thinks it's what they said. But he's very much every sound. He's like, bah! I'm like, yeah, kind of, not not really sure, but he knows he's got it. Like he's there's no doubt in his mind that he's right. He's he's got he's starting to get very very. He's walking. Crazy. Is he walking right now? Oh yeah, he's been walking forever. He's okay, he's flying know. everywhere. He's yeah. also I forget, huge I forget for his size. Grow, I forget the rate of speed they grow sometimes. Yeah, he's 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 getting to be pretty funny. He's got a little sense of humor now. Texas says since recruiting has been a struggle for Chris Mack and Kenny Payne, maybe Josh Hurd should consider hiring Randy Bennett. St. Mary's pipeline of Australia and unathletic white dudes has made them more relevant than Louisville over the past decade. I love Randy Bennett. I, I hate I hate to pull the. He's a niche guy. Yeah, he, he fits perfectly at St. Mary's. I don't think he would be successful at other places. I think I, he's awesome. But I, I agree 100 percent uh, with that as well. And I, I think I hate to play like the Jerry Eves card or whatever card you want to call it. But like, you, uh, Kenny has to have one year of with no excuses in recruiting holdbacks, and that's something Mac and he didn't have last year. With the well, that means cloud. he gets a third year though. <laughs> No, because you don't need you don't need that much time in basketball to show show that drastic improvement. But if you're saying full year for recruiting, he did not get a full year with this 2023 class. If you need him to have a full year without the NCAA cloud for recruiting, that's 2024. Normally, I would say you have me there, but with with transfer portal, that's null and void. But that's not what they're talking about. If you say full year with a recruiting cycle, you're yeah, talking but transfer portal counts as recruiting, right? It does, but he didn't get the. It's, it's, you're getting him a half year. You're getting transfer portal for a full year, but not with the, the 2023 class. And he was brought here primarily with the reputation of getting five-star, big-name recruits coming out of high school. We had no idea how he's going to do the transfer portal. It was a fresh rule, the the immediately eligible thing. So if you're saying he has to get the full cycle, that means he has to get a third year. Nope, just getting the half a cycle then. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what if he lands? I mean, I think the latest intel that's out there, I, I don't remember who wrote it. I saw it, but I can't remember. I wish I could give credit. One of the rivals are 247 Sports guys. They're talking about Trenton Flowers. It's not the, the, that rando who's like, Louisville leads for Flowers. I don't know who he is, but he said that I think Creighton, Louisville, and North Carolina are all above the rest when it comes to the recruitment of Flowers. Regardless of where Louisville stands, if we know they're prioritizing him. He feels like it's sort of like DJ Wagner where it's bigger than just landing the kid. It's more symbolic. If you're putting all this energy into landing a five-star player from the 24 class, you're supposed to be the recruiting guy. You need to go get him. I don't care if he was a UNC lean before. You've had him on campus. He's spoken glowingly about your program. You went to visit him the next day. You had him at Louisville Live last year. Like Trenton Flowers seems like the guy that if you're going to tell the fan base, we're going to start getting players now. It was the NCAA cloud before. You need to go get him. Is that unfair? He's a wing guy. He's not a point guard. He's not. a wing guy. Yeah. Six seven. He can handle it a little bit. But he's but he, he very clearly is the guy that we circled and said your priority number one for us. I mean, either way, we just need to improve next year. But you need to go get him to communicate to the fan base that, like, we are who you thought we were coming in here. We're going to get you guys. Because right now it hasn't happened. And that's been as disappointing, almost as disappointing as the actual on-court product. I don't know. The on-court product has been more disappointing to me. you got no thoughts on the Flowers take. I mean, I don't know. I've never watched I haven't seen a clip of him. I'm just, I don't care if you haven't seen You're anything. going just by the, yeah. I'm saying it. it's symbolic now at this point. Yeah. That like we, you're trying to make the fan base feel good. We know that you are going all in on this kid. You, some, you've got to get him. And we can do that for this class. We've already seen one kid, a five-star kid, pull his name out of, of, of commitment and be available to us now. 
I mean, I think you'll see probably a few more. I mean, this this last offseason, we saw Gigi Smith reclassify out of nowhere. Right, but, but Flowers is 24. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about I know, I'm just saying we, don't, we shouldn't even have to wait till that. We can still probably maybe get availability this year. Just just with Dennis Evans? Or just and whoever else may – you never know. There may be other two commitments at some point between now and then. Only if coaches get fired. Like, hope, I mean, besides that, like, yeah, I think you're, you're you pretty – You don't think there's not going to be some coaches maybe getting fired? I mean – yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> you, it, that's probably going to be a rarity. I don't think that that's... And if one coach gets fired, another coach, that coach might go somewhere else, and then that opens up, you know, you never know. Yeah, I'd say most of the top 50 kids are pretty much locked in at this point, Evans being the clear exception. But... I'm not saying the, 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 yeah, I'm not saying the pool will be full, but, I mean, there there will be there will be drops of water in it, I guess. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll take some more texts from you guys. 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Last segment of the show coming up next here. Keep it locked right here on the Big X. And that's the trouble with a heartbreak. It's gonna hang around. Leave you midnight breaking down. Wondering how long that is gonna take. Getting over her. It's a K-Drown. Whiskey down. Kinda hurt. Yeah, you can burn them four wheels up on that road. But there ain't nowhere her memory can't go. country songs today after last night. 17-point home loss to Virginia Tech on senior night. I remember when this like, song was, like, came out in the mid-2000s I was like, got pizza box. I just never forget. He was so excited. He was like, I was like, what are you doing tonight, man? He's like, go Rascal Flats concert. I was like, I still talk about it. We can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no. Sorry, man. I just send it now. <laughs> I said a really bad case of deja vu. Did you ever get that? <laughs> like, like legitimate, like not making a joke. You went to Rascal Flatts concert, or you had somebody do that? Both. Five zero two four one four forty fifty is the Thornton sex line. We got about twenty minutes left here. If you want to get your thoughts in about last night's game or whatever, shoot them in now. And while you're at it, download that refreshing rewards app. Also, if you're having heating or air conditioning problems, hell, it's air conditioning today. It could be heating in two days. You never know around here. Yeah, really. Only one place can help you out. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year. It's AirServe. Call them anytime, any day. They have technicians available 24-7. Call them at 502-785-8600. 
You can get a $49 tune-up if you call them today. You can also get a, for a limited time, 60 months financing, no interest, 60 months, no interest financing on a qualifying root system. Again, call AirServe at 502-785-8600. Okay, so I don't know if you noticed this because it's been one of the top trending topics all day. The Mandalorian's new season dropped today. Okay. Um, I probably will watch that. I might end up just rewatching the first two seasons leading into it because it's been so while. People say it's really good. I, I enjoyed the first two seasons. I did. I mean, I, I didn't. I felt, you know, I kept calling it like the the Boba Fett ripoff guy, but you know, it, it was a it was a, a good Star Wars show, but which is rare among some of the stuff Disney's put out. That being said, it's now Wednesday. Give me till Wednesday. Oh gonna, yeah, I gotta do tonight. You can't. I gotta do it tonight. I'll do. It Are tonight. you gonna watch the last episode? <laughs> I have a lot of work to do, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I will work it in. It's, it's twenty minutes. Two minutes. Can't you just tell Mary you're taking a long shower? And this time, actually, like, you know, watching something that. <laughs> I mean, I take a shower at like 11 o'clock, so she's already gone to bed at that point. I will get it done tonight. I'll get it done before I fall asleep. I'm going to finally see how this thing ends that I have no interest at all in. Can't wait. And then you get a movie. Very excited. Well, the movie's going to take like all of next week, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> We'll do it. Did y'all sure. watch any more corny movies yourself? No, we finished that that Do Revenge movie. Though. I looked that up, by the way. It's got positive reviews. Does it? It was it had moments. It was not. You didn't mention that it's got he's, he's in Hawk's daughter in it. Maya Hawk. Is that who that is? She's the yeah. She's the girl from Stranger Things. Yeah, and then it's got the other girl from. Um, I know you probably didn't watch it, the uh, Thirteen Reasons Why show. I did. The, it's the yeah. The the black girl. I yeah. recognize her, and I said yeah. right away because like, Mary and I watched that like. Five, whenever it came out, like four or five I, years ago. Honestly, I don't care what you say. The first season of that show, I thought was really. It good. was fine. It, it, I, I didn't mind it. I, I really. I started liked the second it. season and bailed. Oh, it was horrible. But yeah, she was in it, and then I guess the the main girl, who's very attractive, is is from something else that's popular, but I don't know okay. who it is. Yeah, because yeah, I looked up, I was like, that's the first thing I noticed was her name, and then the other girl's name from. Like I said, I like. I, I watched that first season, Thirteen Reasons Why, a couple times. I enjoyed it, like, but. It's so bad because when you watch the second season, it's like one episode in, and it's just like you don't want to watch it. I, yeah, exactly. Same and it went four years. I heard the I even heard the third and fourth seasons were worse. I think one time I read the synopsis of the third season on like Wikipedia or something. Oh, it's so bad. It and I was like, "Is this? Are you kidding me? Like this is how they had? It, is it got insane? Because because it ended the first season somewhat of on a, on a cliff note. Like you, the, the spoiler, like one of the students they think commits suicide. You don't know and. Like, you're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? And it just drops the ball so bad. Well, because you know, it's based off a book, and the book is very straightforward, and so, like, it's it's meant to be one show. And then they do what all greedy shows get. Like, when you get popular, like, maybe we can leave an open-ended ending and see if we could. Oh, so maybe that part's not in the book, I wonder. No, the, the... the book is just the, the standard story of, of her, her committing suicide. suicide and then, yeah. Yeah. Really, I think it's weird. I know it's a teeny show, teen bopper show, but. I was, I was, yeah, I, was, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I would recommend it. Yeah, for sure. 502-414-1450. We'll take uh, as many. Text line blew up today. It always does after big losses. We probably can't get to everybody, but we'll try to clear out as many of these loss, as we can. Well, <laughs> losses that generate, I think, that drum up extreme emotion. I think last night, last night did that. Yeah. Texas says, uh, 40 was on ESPN Louisville today and asked, what, if anything, did UofL learn this year? He said they learned that they made a mistake in hiring Kenny Payne. I guess he and Bozich are not breaking bread anytime soon. Well, I mean, they can have differing opinions. Rick clearly likes Kenny. I think he has a personal relationship. I don't think Pat does. And Pat seems to have the majority opinion. You can like somebody all you want. doesn't mean you think they're a good hire. I like Kenny Payne. I, I like do. Kenny Payne. I don't mean, I'm. Mean, yeah, I mean, he's... I also can sit here and talk about the fact that we're 4-26 and, and yeah. we haven't shown very much sign of improvement 
uh, outside of a couple of games a few weeks ago. Get to quote the great Nino Brown, it's not it's not personal. It's not. Man, it's business. Texas says, uh, please, can we get Scoots and TK on a podcast together? You guys would do a good podcast. I together. did get that. We got that request this morning, actually, too. Maybe the same texture. Also, I meant to tell you. You guys um, are both entertaining. I, I would have to be. It would have to be podcast because we can't be restricted by FCC. Yeah. Because most of the time we're just going to talk crap about you and like TJ. I'm going to talk about like how you annoy me, vice versa. And That's everything. fine. But uh, so I, by going on, I talked to him about this. When going on the show with him, KRC this morning to concede the bet. Uh, sometime next week, he's going to actually come in the studio here for our show and accept the bet i'm good with that that'll be fun so we we can you can take a picture of us you know we can maybe put it up on the, the facebook i can tweet it out or something so i figured we'd do that evenly what would you do if he came in here like on monday accepted the bet and then we won the conference tournament <laughs> or we made the tournament title game and pushed i'd make him come back up here and give me the money back i don't think he would do it he'd I, he'd kind of have to right to ruin the podcast <laughs> the relationship in general Texas is the saddest part of all of this is that even Jan is disappointed. They've ruined Jan. I mean, Jan. Have they? I haven't checked in on Jan recently. I don't, I, we need to check in with Jan. Maybe take away all the, the you know shoelaces and belts too while Reddit. The last time I checked in, she just like she basically just like wasn't tweeting. That's probably she. She Jan's older. She's on that philosophy. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. I'm fine with that. My mom used to tell me that all the time, which in her was just irony. I'm gonna see what Jan's doing. I can't remember her Twitter account, so I don't remember. I can't. I always forget. It's Jan Lee something. It's, like yeah, and it's got like numbers or something on yeah, it. Yeah, and then I, I can never remember it, so I always have to. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Oh, is that it? Yeah, there it is. Uh, let's see what Jan's tweeted recently. Jan's very, very optimistic. She hates that I get upset about things. She's not tweeted herself since Christmas, but she's <laughs> replied to some tweets. She tweeted. Her last tweet was from February 19th, and she tweeted at the mayor and just said, let's just keep that banner up until we hang it back at the yum. Yeah, that's the last one. We, we knew that one. I think we'd read that one, obviously. And then she responded earnestly to my joking tweet about how we're going to win the ACC tournament and just said, wouldn't that be something? I'll take a win on Saturday. The yum will be rocking. That was back on February 15th. <laughs> so Jan's still staying positive. Hopefully not having a whiskey all the buy. <laughs> Taking some shots at Virginia there. That's good. Even if Antoine Davis breaks the scoring record, he'll still be remembered as the second greatest player in Detroit Mercy basketball history behind Brad Calipari. I was going to say Spencer Haywood. Brad Calipari. He's NBA play. He's like number two pick in the draft. Texas, my first serious girlfriend in high school made me take her to a rascal flats at the state fair, and I broke up with her three days later. <laughs> At least, at least I know when you took it to the state fair, so it didn't cost a lot, probably for the ticket either. So I mean, that's probably a good thing. Texas says, did Trevor just say that it ended the season on a cliff note? I believe you did. <laughs> Is it the same thing? It's not a cliff, cliff hanger. Cliff note. <laughs> <laughs> it's cliff, okay? At least I didn't say cliff Clavin. It was a cliff. <laughs> it's a cliff. Texas says, please, if you haven't mentioned it yet, Pistol Pete did a scoring record in three years. He is way above Davis on talent. I mean, we talked all about it. We mentioned. Three years, we mentioned the, the scoring average. We mentioned the higher level of, of competition. And Trevor did point out, though, that Pistol Pete took more shots in those three years well, than Davis has taken yeah. in five. So it's a little interesting. But Pistol, of course, none of those were threes opposed to. Right, no three-point yeah. lines, another big thing. I, mean, I wonder what his scoring would have been. Because you know he took shots at three-point length. Yeah. I mean, you've seen I've seen clips. I mean, we all have. I mean, it's just. Texas are 40 and Goodman, the only national media to go ahead and say that the hire was a mistake. Oh, no. I think Borzello's done it. Uh, Sam Vecini did. We played his clip. Didn't Aaron Torres, I think, did it as well? I don't know how national he is. He's, yeah, I mean, he's a 
does he do anything national? Uh, he's a UK guy. Well, he's yeah. Um, I, I I'm sure more people have. If they haven't said it publicly, they a lot of them are saying it privately. Texas says, uh, do either of you want to step up to a side bet for if U of L athletic schedules a basketball event during the spring game? Classic Vince. Now it's Josh's turn. Oh, no, that's not gonna happen. What's, Josh uh, won't do that. Oh, like pushing a basketball event during the spring game? Yeah, I don't, no, no, no. Happen. There's no. That's just not. That's not cool to do anyway. Let the football have their moment. They deserve it. Texas Trevor, who is Paul Gasol? I don't know any Paul Gasol. You don't know who Paul Gasol is? I think he's. Is he emphasizing I use the L at the end of yeah, Paul instead of Paul? Okay. It's Pal, yeah. Oh, Pal Gasol, whatever. He, 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 you don't know who he was. He was the third pick in the draft by the Atlanta Hawks, traded for Shreve Abdul-Rahim on draft day. Texas says, remember when? I'm not singing this whole thing. <laughs> Did you write a whole lyric? We won lots of games. Sandstorm by Darude. The Yum was rocking. The cats we used to boo. Moth on the mic. McMahon for three. Dogs didn't squat and drop feces. <laughs> remember when? Oh, yeah. You, gotta, you had to give that at least a read. That was clever. Remember when? And he had, yeah. He had two, two runs at it. The second one was perfect. Texture says KP's only chance at a decent results, uh, a decent results requires an elite squad to hide his deficiencies with X's and O's. How many games did we lose by single digits? That's coaching, and he's lacking at in-game adjustments. Well, yeah, we lost, but we also lost 17 games by 17 of our uh, 24 losses are by double digits, 26 losses. The worst part is most of those one point, those those single-digit losses were also in games against teams that we had no business losing to in general. Yeah, the first three. Yeah, the first that was three of what the six. Three of the. the Three of the four one-point losses were the first three, and then three of the six, yeah, one-possession one losses. Cause we yeah, lost. yeah. Cause one, Syracuse yeah. was by one. Florida I count one-possession, one point, three points. What's way. the sixth one? That, what's the one that I'm forgetting? Well, there was, there was Florida State, there was Virginia, there was Syracuse. Virginia is who I forgot. Yeah, and then there's the three pre-games, yeah. All bad. Texas, imagine tuning to the show for the first time right at, quote, you have crapped yourself in the last year, but you haven't picked up your dog's poop. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the way that how you identify more with the. Do- I love how you were like, like, well, I know what they're talking about. I, I thought you were talking about the guy who picked up the poop. And I'm like, well, you don't. And you're like, I realized you were talking about how you identify with the dog that was uh, yeah, I do. But <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go, man. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, that's whether of- whether you be in in, in a basketball court to M Center or driving down Gene Snyder Highway. Sometimes you know, just can't. Sometimes nature just makes decisions for you. How are you a real person? <laughs> How do I do three shows? One with you, one with one of my best friends and oldest friends, and then one with Master P. <laughs> the three best personalities to do sports talk with. Texas, maybe I heard KP wrong. Didn't he say that he's sure some fans are disappointed, implying that most fans aren't disappointed and understand that this season was expected as part of a process? I, he kind of gives that impression a lot that he's like, yeah, there's a it's sort of like he thinks it's a vocal minority and i at this point i don't think it is i, I think that you've got like i don't think that there's a of ma- angry fans you mean yeah a, oh, a fans it's the who majority. are i think it is now let me ask you this do you think a majority of fans want kenny payne fired after this year ooh i think it's very close 50-50 actually i think I, it's getting closer i think it's still less than 50% it's if it isn't it's like Bit forty eight percent. Then I mean, it's it's in it's somewhere between forty nine and forty five percent. I still think a majority of fans think that he should get a second year, but I think the well, how many of those though are the think he should or just have accepted that he's probably going to? Well, I think the, I think the amount that have accepted that he's going to is like ninety percent. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to get fired, but I think the the amount that we're saying 
if I was the AD, I would fire him. I think it's still below 50%. But I think the, he the way that he talks kind of makes it seem like he thinks it's 80% of the fans think that this is okay and it's just part of rebuilding the process. And there's a 20% portion out there and these some of these websites and message boards and those people that are, are angry about it. And I get it, but you know we're going to you know, stick with us and all this stuff. And I do think that you've got... I think it's a majority of fans. I think it's almost a heavy majority of fans right now that are kind of pissed off about being four and twenty-six, which is I think some very of the fa- I, think, I just think some of the fans also that were like just would be okay with him being fired for one year aren't voicing it as strongly because they've accepted the fact that it's not going to happen. I mean, it's just you, yeah. I think you're I think you're probably right. I think there's definitely there's some that there's still a are doing very that, very solid contingent of this fan base that might not go so far as to say if I was the AD. I'd pull the plug right now, but if Josh Hurd chose to do it, I wouldn't be upset. Let me ask you this. If you're Josh Hurd, and Kenny Payne comes up to you after, I don't know, last night or after we lose our next two games, and he says, listen, I will, if you want me to, I'll walk away right now, and you don't have to pay me a dime if you don't think I'm the right guy. Would you accept that offer if you were Josh Hurd? Yes. I would, too. Kidding me? No. Yeah. Therefore, then, so I mean, that's a. So I think we're kind of in the. We don't think he should be back next year, but we've accepted he's coming back, so we're not going to call for his head. That's also a totally unreal scenario, though. I know. Like, it you is. know, it's it's. Well, a month ago we were joking. That's the only way he'll be gone is if he just steps away, I which think. I think is still true. Yeah. If you, I mean, like, yeah, you, I mean, you I could also you could throw another like a, a fifth scenario in there where it's if you could had to fire him right now and eat the ten million dollars, but you knew you were getting Jay Wright or you knew you were getting whoever, would you do it? I think a lot of people out there who are maybe in favor of a second year would change their opinion. I mean, hell, you could throw Rick Pitino into that mix. If you could get Rick Pitino back for next year, would you go ahead and – I think a lot of fans at this point would probably say yes. But I, I think you're right. I think it's all just moot conversations because the reality is he's coming back next year, and everybody seems to know that. The only the only prayer we have, if you were one that does, just despises Kenny Payne, is that, that North Carolina fires Davis, they hire Wes Miller, and Cincinnati does it again and brings in Kenny Payne. Come happen. on, you see. Can you save us the second time, maybe? It could happen. Uh, yeah. Of course, we'd probably hire Hubert Davis. Texas, I'm disappointed that y'all didn't want to get a Guinness record with Cowboy on repeat. <laughs> Is that a record? I don't know. Yeah, we could we make that happen. Texas says, uh, Wake is going to miss the NCAA tournament for the third consecutive season under Steve Forbes. Maybe he's not as good as advertised. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, they, they've been... I, I'm big on Steve Forbes. He's been disappointing this year. They were good. They overachieved a little bit early on. I mean, they're still 18 and 12. It's not like they've had a, a they dismal season. Night, though, didn't they? Uh, they lost last night to BC. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. I knew I knew that for some reason I had to run them in my mind. I, you, I mean, you. it's fair to say also that they got screwed out of the tournament last year. They were 35th on Ken Palm, 33rd on Ken Palm. They had a great net ranking. They should have been in the field. It's what a lot of ACC coaches are, are pissed off about when it comes to this year. But Hey, they didn't get in. He didn't do enough. So, yeah, you can – I may have been wrong about Steve Forbes for sure. Texture says, do you think a coach with four wins in his first year would get a year two at UK or Duke? I don't. I, I don't think – if John Calipari – I think if this was Shire, I think he might. That happened. Well, no, we can't – I can they, hear you there. I, I, but, but they I think you might be right. on the roster to even do, do, to accept that. If – go back to 2008. If, if it's the same exact situation at UK – and Billy Gillespie wins four games that first year. He's gone. He's gone. He's not getting a second no. year. 
They probably, I don't know if they get Cal right away or not, but yeah. He's still going. Yeah, I agree. Texas fans of the Mandalorian are also known as Mandalheads. Okay. Texas has got to be a better name. Texas has any update with Dennis Evans. Uh, I know he got another crystal ball prediction from another rider saying he's going to come here. So awesome. seems to still be all good on that front. Texas, I would just be happy if next year the coach doesn't look like KP stands for, in for Coach uh, Kirk Picard. Captain Picard. He said Coach Kirk Picard. He, may, he mixed up Kirk. Kirk the, the two two captains, two different ones. Well, I think that's the point. He's, he's saying he's Star Trek. Texas, imagine winning four games and keeping the starting lineup the entire season. He's changed it a little bit. Yeah, he's altered it a little bit. Not very much. No. I mean, most it's mostly been... The, the center position, though. That's really, it's better, better to be Huntley Hatfield, Curry, or even a trainer playing. The, yeah, that's all it's really been. Texas, don't gloss over Brad Calipari's illustrious tenure at Detroit here in that, yeah. 50 games. I mean, it's the same people texting KRC this morning. No, but that stat's been out there. I've seen it making the rounds. Which okay, because somebody else sent that. Like, I'm like aware. the third text we've gotten that we've gotten the same text on KRC this morning. I don't know if you're trolling me. That's fine, but. The Big X listeners love all the shows. They do. And and you know you what? It, getting it a second time and hours to think about a response, you think I'd have something more clever to say, but I don't. That's Other than the fact that the sad part is is that you say that we won nine games. Unfortunately, five of them was last year. Uh, all right, we got just like a minute left here. What's the big thing on AEW tonight? Is Orange Cassidy wrestling? Uh, He probably is. We've got another yeah. battle. Well, it's the go-home show for the pay-per-view Saturday or Sunday night. Uh, AEW Revolution. I can't wait. I've already ordered it. already paid for it. Uh, be headlined by the uh, Iron Man match between MJF and uh, Brian Danielson. Plus, uh, there's uh, there's a tag team. We'll know one more new team in the tag team match, the pay per view. So probably a heavy promo show for the most part tonight. So it should be okay. And we've got uh, what'll probably be the last game. Uh, I'm pretty sure it mathematically is uh, here in about less than 20 minutes. We'll have Bellarmine Ladies on this airwaves. So. Okay. They're uh, so they're closing out against Liberty, I believe. Uh, I mean, if they win, they may have a chance. But I'm pretty sure because they were they were the they were in the 11th spot, and no one outside the top 10 makes their conference tournament. Okay, I got you. So like the last four teams don't. And they were they know that's they, right. The men's did the same thing this year. Yeah, and I think I had to look at it, relook it up, but I'm pretty sure they were like they were one solid game back, and they've lost twice since then. So there you go. Keep it locked right here for your last chance to hear the uh, the BU Lady Knights or Women's Knights team. My man Jack Kaiser's on. The, give my man Jack Kaiser some love. He might. I don't know if he's calling the game or night, but if he is, give him some love. He does a great job. We love Jack Kaiser. Uh, nine o'clock tonight, ESPN two, number nine Texas on the road taking on number twenty two TCU. Who you got, TK? Ooh, TCU's been playing better this year. TCU four point favorite. Uh, I'm gonna take Texas in the points though. TCU wins doesn't cover. Well, TCU by a bucket. That's pretty much what I said, right? Oh, you did? I thought you were saying Texas is going to win. Well, I took – that's taking the – My said, bad. Did you say Texas is getting four or giving four? They're getting four. Yeah, they're getting four, so I'll take the four points. Gotcha. Yeah. Same. We're on the same boat there. Yeah. All right, enjoy the hoops tonight or enjoy whatever you've got going on. Enjoy the wrestling. Have a fantastic Wednesday night. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a more upbeat Rutherford show at 3 o'clock. Enjoy that twist and something murders in the building. Oh, yeah. You're gonna, I can't wait. I want to review tomorrow. He's been so